didn't. Yeah, I thought that maybe we should. <laughs> I thought we were on already. Sorry. Um, it's chill. Anyway, continue. Oh, your we can no, we can get to it when we get to it. We don't have to like start. We can just. Who was she up against that year? What year? No what? one. She was not nominated. She was not. Oh, right, right, right. She was but, not but I mean, up against Annette Benning. It's my twentieth century women. This is my Bernie would have won. Is Amy Adams would have won? Yes. The way that the nominations work, only actors are going to vote for the nominees. Actors are not going to vote for a sci-fi movie. If she had been nominated, everyone else would have voted for her. So in the period. most recent season of BoJack Horseman, and this is not a spoiler, Brandon, because I know you haven't gotten to this yet. How far are you, by the way, Ben, I in BoJack Horseman? the Amelia Earhart episode today. Okay. Text me later when you watch the next one. Okay. Lots to discuss. Uh, but, but much to think about. Much to think about. <laughs> a couple episodes later, so this is not a spoiler for both of you, but there's a joke about how Jessica Chastain gets the roles that Amy Adams turns down, and then oh. yeah, and then that Bryce Dallas Howard gets the roles that Jessica Chastain Ooh. turns down. And I frankly find it. I mean, I don't. I think that this season of BoJack is being so sharp when it comes to um, toxic masculinity in Hollywood and about the, the ways in which women are treated unfairly and the way that like storylines of toxic masculinity are perpetrated. I mean, we'll talk about it when we, when we do the Bojack episode, but I find it like a little, a little insulting to, I mean, it's a joke to them. It's a, it's a joke, but yeah, because Jessica Chastain and Amy Adams, I don't to Jessica, but Bryce, well, it's, no, but I just like, (laughs) I, I don't think that, I think that we can talk about the myriad ways that actresses are boxed in and shoehorned into different types, but I don't know if redhead is one of them when you get Mm. to that level of, um, stardom and of talent maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm maybe i'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses and just all i'm seeing flags instead of red flags but but one way in which i know that that's wrong is i believe jessica is is much more proactive about and amy just receives offers right and and that's sort of because jessica chastain is such a powerhouse she has her own production company and exactly like you said she notoriously seeks out a lot of her own projects and sometimes she gets cut out of them thank you so much Xavier Delon you can Venmo Jessica Chastain $25 but <laughs> didn't fix the movie I hear no 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 <laughs> wow uh, big the, old the, stinker the death and death of John F. Donovan the I, remake of Magnolia correct <laughs> Yes. Oh, is that what because of the, the framing between the actor and the be, journalist? It is, ba- it is the a, Tom Cruise it of it is all. Basically, a remake of Magnolia. <laughs> Yikes! But what I wanted to—the reason I bring this John up—John Snow from Game of Thrones basically does Julianne Moore's monologue at the pharmacy, like verbatim. I've heard. Fuck you! <laughs> you judge me. Wow. What I'm you getting? You didn't see it at TIFF. I'm prefacing. So Why I'm, would you waste your time? I'm I'm pulling it back to to Amy Adams and Arrival, not to get too ahead of ourselves here. But when she goes like, when she little pinchers, little pinchers. I just want to preface this point by saying I am not doing any sort of redhead discrimination right here. But you tell me that Amy Adams and Emma Stone are on the same ballot, and voters are not going to give the senior redhead the Oscar mm, before the junior. I agree. Seriously, the yeah. freshman. Yeah. The, the sophomore, the sophomore. Amy Adams is like a super senior now when it comes to her Oscar nominations without a win. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious I'm what redheaded, what what redheaded actress that young redhead will play the flashbacks for. What am I trying to say? I don't know what you're trying to say. It? <laughs> the girl who was Jessica Chastain's flashbacks in it, and now and then was Amy Adams' flashbacks in. Sh- 
I almost said sharper so sh- things. Sharper things. Wait, is that the same actress in it yes. and yeah. sharper things? Yes. Yeah. So what sharper redheaded actress yeah. oh, well. will she flashback for next? I Bryce Dallas. Which Howard. redhead? Can I have can I share a hiking story on the mic? Mm-hmm. So and this is also dovetailing mm-hmm. with something that uh-huh. I Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I went on a hike. My girlfriend was out of town. She doesn't really like me to go on hikes. I went to Lake mm-hmm. Hollywood. I felt fantastic. So I, I feel incredible. I, I have not put this on the mic because I'm scared that I'm going to get harassed similarly to when I, we were talking about dark web and I was scared that the, the Chirons or whatever were going to come after me. You got bullied for that? No, no, no. I have a fear that, that the Chirons will actually come after you. Yeah. And it's, I don't have some big head about how many people listen to this show. I'm just, I didn't want to put on the record that I'm very scared of those people because it's I feel like that secret. makes me a prime target. Huh? It's the secret in reverse. What's the secret? The secret, the book, is uh-huh. you you say out loud what you want and therefore it manifests. Oh, so this is like the bad secret. Mm-hmm. This is like the scary secret. You keep secret. it in. So I have trouble with... I am not, you know, I'm not even going to say all the things I have trouble with, but I have trouble with clowns in horror movies. I have, I have a thing about clowns. Did you see it? I did not see it. Because Be- of that? I was too scared to see it. And, wow. which is a big admission. I'm, I'm really humiliating myself. I'm, I'm just not, spreading well, myself. Well, no, but I want to see it now. I just couldn't, I was like a very scared child. And you know how horror movies are child. so much- Well, I've, <laughs> yeah, child. I'm still a child, a child of 27 years old. I'm a child compared to the two of you. So when it, I'm going to watch it now. Wow. I can watch it from home. I can watch it from home. I, I wasn't a real dick. Ah. Oh. A clown's I have a little, coming, uh, coming to get you. Like, your pe- arm. like Pennywise coming out of that painting. I have a little, a little, a little burr coming out of my loose? shirt. It's sticking me. Well, yes. no, this is what I want to talk about. Years ago or this whatever? is what I, exactly. So that, you know, you like you're going to come across. No, no, no. Hiking. Well, just let me tell you. So like the viral marketing for <laughs> well, it. Get to the story. I'm trying really hard, but I'm getting was bogged down a, in all my details. Was that an it nail? It's a burr from my front yard. Was that a Pennywise nail? I'm, I know why this is in my shirt. It involves laundry and I won't, I will not bog down. It looks like a mom nail. This story anymore. All I'm trying to say is. I was going to ask if it was catching mom running outside. No, mom's been really good lately about, about doing that. Um, because she has a whole room to herself. Now. I know. It's a very <laughs> big deal. Um, not going to get into any of that. Just trying to stay on track here. So when it came out, I was going on a lot of hikes by myself in Altadena. And this hike I do a lot, it's Echo Mountain. That's not safe. Going on hikes alone. It, no, no, no. It's highly... It's well trafficked. There's always a lot of other hikers on the trail. Oh, it's like a Laurel Canyon. <clears throat> it's not um, the PCH. It's not a Laurel Canyon. This is a little, you know, not to get too regional about it. To compare your Laurel Canyons, your Runyon Canyons, this is like up. Oh, Runyon. <laughs> what did I say? Laurel Canyon. Oh, did I think you I just did. said it too? No, I I, I meant I, I meant Runyon. I know what you meant. Not to get too regional, but Runyon Canyon. Laurel Canyon doesn't exist. You know, Run- it's a road. Runyon Canyons where not pe- to get too regional. Runyon Canyon is where Hollywood types go to take meetings while they hike. You know. Yes. So I'm at this. It's like a single trail. It just it goes to the top of a mountain where there used to be like a holiday resort that burned down in like 1907 because oh, of rip. because of Luke Skywalker's words, my hubris, oh. that they could have like a holiday resort on the top of a you know, a, a brush fire area. Mm-hmm. It burned to the oh, ground. Sad. But there's these mile markers. I'm sorry, this is taking forever. There's these mile markers. I'm doing this so Ben can finish his yogurt. There's these, oh, I see. There's these mile markers. So for one miles, two miles, and then at the top, because it's like... It's like the comment on the Iron Lady video that said it's that the filmmaking is intentionally bad <laughs> to make fun of Maggie Thatcher. <laughs> well, this story is that intentionally bad to Barbara make fun cheering. of myself. <laughs> oh, there's what another burr she- in my shirt. It's Ouch. Pennywise. Oh, well, all, okay, I can finish the story in two sentences. 
Try. I, I can do it. In, I, can, I can do it in twenty seconds. I can do it in twenty seconds. So some motherfucker, some some. And this is the bit of the episode. Some bully. Some bully. <laughs> We're gonna do this conversation. Hold on. Hold on. Episode. Hold on. So some some bully. Some some terror. Some really mean person. Was he dressed as Pennywise? Well, I can't brand him. <laughs> I'll get to that. My fear was that there would be someone dressed as Pennywise on the trail. And the reason why... Is there a sewer up there? There's no sewers, but it's like Altadena is sort of a sleepy neighborhood town. Not to get to regional Altadena, California. I imagine it's similar to the town in It. You know, there's there's grates. Like, you know, they're doing the viral marketing of like the red balloons like coming out of the grates and everything. Yeah. So some motherfucker... Was there a red balloon? There was no... Actually... <gasps> There wasn't a red balloon, but someone a had twist, someone someone had gentlemen. someone. Okay, so this is this is when it is coming out, like getting ready for this giant opening weekend. Someone did had, you do the it house? I did not do the it house, but I remember asking you how the it house was. Sort of as a, I like was lying to you a little bit. I'm like, oh yeah, I think I might do it myself, but really, I just needed to know how scary it was. It wasn't scary. I there were no clowns on every single mile. There were no clowns in the it house, in the it experience in Hollywood, oh, California. Is it like the Matterhorn and? At Disneyland, there's actually there wasn't an abominable snowman for a long time. Kind of like that. Nice. I don't remember there really being a clown. And then Bo Bridges was like, "I'm not doing anything." Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> okay, so someone I had, wrapped masters. Of some, sex. Someone had screwed in clown decals onto all of the mile markers. Wow. Like Pennywise, not not Pennywise specifically. Like it's not Bill Skarsgård, but the Pennywise thing, the white face, the orange I wish hair. It was Bill Skarsgård. Someone had screwed mm. in these creepy clown decals on all the mile markers. It was Pennywise. And and there's a bench right after the first mile marker, and someone had it wasn't a red balloon, but there was like a bouquet of roses on that mm. bench. So I remember. So I was like freaking out. And then I turn well, and look at the bench. that just sounds unrelated and, and romantic. Well, the clown decals got taken down after the it, uh, opening weekend. So mm. I'm thinking it was some guerrilla marketing. Wow. It was very scary. There was another burn in my shirt. The Universal it's Pennywise. Team stop talking about him and he'll stop it. making burrs <laughs> appear in your shirt. I can't talk tonight. It's going to be a good one. Clearly, are you, are you exhausted I can't. and dying? <laughs> What? Are you exhausted and dying preparing for next week? Correct. What are you working on, Brandon? Oh, just season three of my web series. I'm fine. Thank you. And are you? Would you say that you are right now? No. I want to <laughs> die. <laughs> I, I'm not fine. Uh, I'm far from fine. That's I'm the spinoff. Far from fine. <laughs> that, ben, that Ben is going to direct, remember? Oh, yes. Yeah. Far from fine starring... <laughs> the, and it's going to be much darker. It's gonna, it's Who's going gonna... to be spun off? Which character? It'll be um, well. I am going to be a character. I'm going to be an extra in it's the show, so be, it can be about me. It's going to be Nate played by uh, Julianne Moore. Oh, far from uh-huh. it's a far from heaven sad reboot. Sp- reboot. <laughs> far from which is fun. already a reboot. A tween reboot. A, <laughs> far from heaven. an homage to an homage with twinks. <laughs> mm. Mm. Oh, well, um, yeah, I'm not. You get a break from me next week, folks. I'm, I'm not here. Really, not looking forward to it. I'm have a rough time. So Ben, <laughs> ben and I are doing. We can just say it at the top. Ben and I are doing. You know, we're we're talking about two different things. I imagine anybody would think to put these two things together. We are talking about <laughs> the Beyonce concert we're going to at the Rose Bowl, not to get too regional, and Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 11.9. Yep. What a double. <laughs> the theme is fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The theme is America. Yes, the theme is America. Oh, interesting. The theme is about the the highs and lows of American leadership. Mm. Nice. Yes, that's good. The state of American art. Ben (laughs) Ben sent me a funny text today saying, actually, I'll just read it. I don't don't know where my phone is. Basically, Ben was just saying, 
do you think, do you mind if we don't get there exactly? Wait, what do you say? Like, I said promptly. Do you mind if we don't get there promptly for the opening act, DJ Khaled? <laughs> <laughs> I bet Beyonce goes on at nine, maybe 8.30. What time are like? No. What time, what time is the 7:30. ticket? 7.30. Okay. Beyonce's not going 9:30. on until nine. Yeah. 9:30. I would say nine, 9.30. I'm going to call the Rose Bowl and find I out. I love that you're doing that. What time does Beyonce? Such a mom move. Well, Ben also went to go see Patti Smith and Friends at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, I'm not doing another five-hour concert. And Friends. <laughs> the I best, felt so bad for you. Ben, so, so basically, why don't you tell the story instead of me telling the well, story since it happened to you? It happened. Liberals are so disorganized, <laughs> said the woman behind me. So it was on Patti Smith's tour list, her tour date list. So I bought tickets, but it was actually a benefit. Um, put on by the company that is run by Patty Smith's daughter, Jesse, who has a it's um, pathway to Paris. It's a it is an organization that is trying to get 100 cities to have real like actionable uh, accordances that line with the Paris Accord mm-hmm. so that speaking of Fahrenheit 11 9 mm-hmm. because the the math is if the thousand biggest cities in the world do it we've done it yeah it's the rest of the world is saved Cal- I mean California is gonna do it yeah I mean not just LA California is gonna so it was a benefit for that didn't Jerry Brown say that yeah my boyfriend Jerry Brown mm-hmm. I can just ask him when I get home mm-hmm. so there would be <laughs> acts of there were like I can't even think of who it was. Karen Jim, Jim James. Karen O was there, was good. Karen the O, Jim James. The funniest thing. How is Jim James? Was, I don't really know who that is. <laughs> He's the one who, you know, he went up there and said, hey, I'm Jim James. Nice. I don't remember. <laughs> blocked it out. Have blocked that part out. Um, you were there for 10 days. Patty came out and read a poem to start. And then it was like a different acts doing. Three, two to what three songs. Nothing I was. No, it was all. <laughs> it's not all about the movies, Brandon. <laughs> it was all where the wild things are. Oh, it actually was. Yeah, Brandon. I don't remember. I'm what so sorry. So was, she did though. do. I owe moon you an apology. Song. I don't know. Oh no, that's her. I owe you an apology. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I know Moon Song is for where the wild things are, right? It's for her. Oh, for oh, mm, it's for her. I thought you meant like her, it was. It was just for her. Just for her person. Hey, everybody! I'm gonna play one Actually, for me. The Where the Moon Wild song. Things songs that she did are very good. Yeah, it was good. Um, did she get an Oscar nomination? I think so. I don't. Great question. I don't. I don't. I don't think she did. Now that where I said the that. Wild Things are Academy Awards. Hey, can we? Um, next time we do a kids movie, like if we were to do David Lowry's Pete's Dragon, if this were two mm. years ago, and we would totally have talked about Where the Wild Things Are. I think. Let's find a way to shoehorn where the wild all things are. All is love. All is love. That so where the wild things are came out my freshman year of college, and you know how? Um, did you go to film school, Brandon? No. You well, went to journalism school. I yeah, journalism you know? school. I minored in film. Right. Nice. But you were studies, not making. Yeah, I mean, I'm a film study. We're all film studies people then. Mm-hmm. But Ben, <laughs> let me just <laughs> turn the microphone just to Ben. But do you remember like? Freshman year of film school, when like all when like the little clicks of taste break off, did that happen at your school? Not really. Sort of happened at Chapman. Like everyone who was into the different things sort of found each other, and mm. then of course, like you realize six months later, like all of these you don't, these aren't going to be your friends forever. Right. But 
We are not your friends. We are not your friends. But all of like the you know like the Spike Jones and Charlie Kaufman people like this is all coming together as where the wild things are comes out. Sure. Like that sort of like the um, like the. I don't want to say indie kids because that's not what I mean at all. I mean like the people who like twee shit. So I ended up in like a twee shit group and twee shit. all a few people in this group wanted to listen to was the world of the wild things are soundtrack, including Me. I would have been including a straight boy. I was sort of sleeping with at the time. Oh. And so like all oh, I heard, nice. all I heard was like all is love for a fucking month and a half at love, least. All is love. And, and people talking about it as if it's just the best song ever recorded. Cause it was, it Cause is. In that t- at that time it was, it still is music. Wow. Ned- Did she do all is love? I have no idea what that song is. So I and I don't. Should I play a clip? No, I'm not gonna. Do I wouldn't that. remember. It ends. I with, truly. It, it ends with a bunch of kids out. going. Ah, I would have. I would have. I way too long. It's a song. I, I waited. I was not gonna leave before Patty sang. Mm-hmm. No, but I emotionally checked out because the night belongs to Patty. Mm-hmm. Be- belongs because that, the night belongs yes. to lovers of Patty. Mm. She sang "Dancing Barefoot," "Pissing in a River," mm. and "People mm. Have the Power." Instead. Good Just night. three and, songs. Yeah, huh? and then I left. But uh, the whole oh, what I was gonna say, Karen O, like was like, you know. She just like casually says, I wish my son would get into like climate change stuff. And it was really funny because we, Patty hadn't revealed that her daughter runs this company yet. Mm-hmm. So it was just Karen O saying, <laughs> it would be great if my son got into <laughs> so environmental it activism. Totally random. He's yes. like, son, do you think I, your mother, Karen O, is an interesting artist? <laughs> yeah. Do you think global warming yes. is a good thing? Yes. The whole reason I brought this up was because I wanted you to say what I was going to say, what you texted us, or maybe you can say it, but you were basically well, like, it's been a long evening, and I'm glad that I finally got to see Patti Smith, but if I could do it all over again, I would demand my money back <laughs> and not have come in the first place. <laughs> Ooh, it was a long night. And then you watched Arrival. I did. Love Arrival. I, I mean, I, I will talk about it when we I get truly to thought Arrival. it was a Patti Smith Arrival. concert. I was going to get there at 7.30. And like be out be, by nine. Yeah. Time was going to be all over the place. We were going to be in a continuum. You're going to see your future and decide, I'm still going for it. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is such a nice uh, accidental on-mic rehearsal for next week's episode when we talk about a concert. We talk about music. Music. Love music. I'm really enjoying music, the Mitski album. Uh, I am still stuck on Bloom. A Bloom, Can't get off Bloom's Bloom. great. I stuck. listened. I'm stuck. I was um, before I came here. I was working on a. I'm doing like a contract job right now, and I needed to. I like never write in coffee shops, but for a bunch of reasons I don't need to get into. I didn't make sense to go back home before coming here, so I was in a coffee shop, and um, they were playing Kanye West, and I'm I have been a long time avowed fan, and then was extremely disturbed by the comments. Didn't listen to the last album. Want nothing to do with them as a just fan. Just the comments. D- yeah, just the <laughs> comments. Um, no, for years, I, I totally stood up for all of this because he changed the sonic landscape of hip-hop and the attitude as, as well. But I, um, I couldn't... I didn't want to listen to it, but I was sort of in the mood to listen to hip hop. So I checked out the Joey Perp album, which is also very good. Have you heard that yet, Brandon? No. It's very good, Sarah. But have you heard of this No Name album? Yes. Speaking of. Which I need to listen to. Joey Perp. Mm -hmm. But No Name's great too. We're just running through all the Pitchfork Best New Musics right now. Yeah, that's what's happening. This is the Pitchfork. Love white Pitchfork gays discussing hip hop. Yes, here we are. The best in hip hop. We've made it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, okay, shut up. (laughs) Okay, shut up.
Okay, wonderful. Welcome to another episode of Movies IMO. We are your three fave film faggots. We are here to chat about Jinima. And what you just witnessed was a live Movies IMO recreation of the infamous scene in The Iron Lady. <gasps> <laughs> when Maggie Thatcher said, what is, Ben, what does she say? And then she repeats Cowardice. herself. No, she, she's like, some of you, some of you, <laughs> some of you. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm lost. Why it. does it's... it edit? It says some of you are And then it cuts to another some of you. And then it cuts to another shot where she says some of you again. Yes. So we just recreated that. Now that I'm on the spot uh, behind the bit. It's something about giving concessions. Some of you some of are you willing giving... to give concessions. Yes. 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 Exactly. Some of you are willing to give concessions. Some of you. Some of you. Some of you. Some of you. My name is Daniel Agree Crook. with the latest <laughs> French proposal. <laughs> well, why don't Daniel you Crook. get on a boat and put on a beret? <laughs> Her pronunciation of bear. Coming to you live from the Falkland Islands, we are Movies IMO. I'm Daniel Crook. I like those French policies. Wee wee. Why don't you pay 85% of your income to the French government? (laughs) I'm Brayden Kirby. Hello. I'm Ben Empey. I'm Margaret Thatcher. I'm just going to spit into the mic. And I believe that we are all in favor of raising the corporate tax rate on this program. Today, today we are talking about, in conjuncture with the recent HBO limited series from the Jean... We'll get to that with the Mm Jean-Marc... The latest entry in the Jean-Marc Vallée extended highway universe. We have Sharp Objects starring Amy Adams. It's an amazing Amy episode, everybody. We are doing an Amy Adams retrospective. Two actress retrospectives in a row. Amy Adams. Amy way you want it. That's the way she gives it. Oh, wait. Amazing Amy is from Gone Girl. Yeah. Imagine if Amy wasn't Gone Girl. I often just think about what if if Amy was this role? And it's almost always (laughs) better. better, (laughs) Even if it's a great performance already. I concur. Um, I'm just trying to think about there's there, there's magical. an Amy Adams almost roll on the tip of my tongue, and hopefully it'll come to me by the end of the program today. But where she was supposed to play the role, and then she didn't play the role, but oh. it would have been great. Yeah, what one was I'll it? do a little at some point. I'll I'll, I'll do a little goog because yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, rings a bell. Rings a Gloria bell. And speaking of Julianne Moore, bringing it back. Oh. Wow. So we are talking about oh. three of her Oscar-nominated works. Yes. We are talking oh. about her breakout Star is Born moment in oh. Junebug. What? Directed Which, by Phil Morrison? Is that Phil right? Morrison. What else has he done? Literally nothing. Great. <laughs> we'll investigate that claim as we go on. <laughs> no, I've looked it up already. Oh, wonderful. He has done nothing I did else. see that the screenwriter of that film wrote, I'm actually, I don't want to lose this. Um, I have it. Something completely unexpected. Angus McLaughlin, which is a very North Carolina name. I assume he's actually native. He wrote, yes. Right. Stone? No, the, yes, Stone, which is wild. The Robert De Niro, uh, Edward Norton crime oh. vehicle Stone. Tater Tomato? That is also very North Carolina. But he wrote this movie that I know was at a bunch of festivals that it was, you know, one of those movies where a beloved character actress or, or, or just like a beloved was supporting actress, not butter, but that's a good guess, <laughs> gets sort of their, their, their lead role. And all the reviews are like, now we know why. Like, if this, if we didn't know already, confirmed that yeah. this person is one of the, I think that's actually the pull quote on this, like one of the great actresses of her generation. He wrote Abundant Acreage Available which was Amy what? Ryan, and he directed it too. And that was, oh. a- which I haven't seen, but haven't that was like Amy Ryan's oh. big. I love Amy, Amy Ryan. Yeah, Amy that was, Ryan. it was the big Amy Ryan festival. Amy vehicle. Ryan has the best moment in a movie that I like a lot that is very maligned called Birdman. 
Mm. I forgot she was in Birdman. She's great in Birdman. Mm-hmm. In there's the long take of Michael Keaton talking about. She played the titular wife. Uh huh. If uh, like if I was on a plane that went down and George Clooney was also on it, it would just be George Clooney dies and others, and it just like slowly pans to Amy Ryan's like shattered reaction of like, <laughs> holy shit, I was married to you. <laughs> <laughs> And now we've entered into the extended Amy universe. Do we have any other yeah. a- Amy Simats? Uh, oh, Amy. Oh, Amy Landiker, my favorite uh, in the world. Smoky eyes. What other uh, Amy's? Serious we, man. Which Amy other Amy? Landiker. Oh, I love her in a serious Brenneman. man. Amy Brenneman. What Sorry, about the leftovers? Oh. Yes. What about Amy? Oh, I lost it. What about Amy? Amy Graves. Do we know her? No. Oh. No. Well, she worked the box office in my community ah, theater. Nice. And is a really, really wonderful gal. Lives here oh, in Los I'm Angeles. I'm literally Googling her. Is a, okay. it, it has a great career. <laughs> <laughs> I see her every couple of years, and I, I'm always a little too drunk when I go up and say hi, and mm. I can see in her eyes that I'm not the little boy she knew once wow. upon a time. What about Amy Mann? Oh, oh Amy sure. Mann. Star sure. of Magnolia. Holy shit. Star of Magnolia. Oh, my God. How about... A, how was one? Yeah, that's great. How about Amy Mann? <laughs> Completely seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Mann. What about Amy Mann? Yeah, that's a great call. Amy Mann, though. <laughs> Amy Mann, though. Are there any many other Amy's? Should Amy I Google Manny? actresses named <laughs> Amy? I will say though, when it comes to the greatest Amy, there can only be one, oh, and Amy. one is the loneliest number. Winehouse. It's not Amy Mann, though. Amy Winehouse. Love Amy Winehouse. Amy Schumer. Oh. So let's raise a glass. Oh, uh, wait. No. Oh, <laughs> I actually... Is there another bad one? No, I think she's fine. Oh. Amy Poehler. Oh, yes, please. Oh. <laughs> I was More thinking that. Of, yes, please. I was thinking of someone else when I said Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer's fine. <laughs> Amy Talbin. Amy Talbin. <laughs> now we're just cinema. naming Amy's. Queen... <laughs> This waitress I had down the street named Amy on Tuesday. She was great. Amy Talvin, queen of calling out racists on the Film Comment podcast. Mm -hmm. What Amy am I thinking of? Amy Sedaris. Oh, Amy Sedaris. What is wrong with us? That's who I was thinking of Mm. when I said Schumer. What is wrong with us? Speaking of Bojack. Kicking off her shoes on her way into Emmy nominee. Mm. Emmy nominee. I mean, I think she was already an Emmy nominee, but did y'all watch At Home with Amy? I sure as fuck did. It's iconic. Ugh. It's so weird. And it's, it's so, so messed up. I love Amy Sedaris and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt too. Yeah, when she kicks off her shoes. Yeah. Oh God, I'm just uh, repeating when everything. When she you plays said. the <laughs> character in At Home, that's like the neighbor's slave, pygmy slave. <laughs> what? And she like sprints into the house, and the neighbor is like, "You get back here. <laughs> you don't remember that? No. I literally did. I watch them all. I might have skipped around. It named Nutmeg. And I don't geez. remember this. Did Google I miss at one? Home with Amy Sedaris, nutmeg. <laughs> While you're looking that up, I just want to play this under the mic. Help! Help! Oh, don't answer! It's an ostrich! <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't even remember it's that. Like, you get back here, nutmeg! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen that. <laughs> Yes, and the nose is. Make sure, the, make sure the mic picks it up. <laughs> okay, it's, it's, an, it's a visual medium. But oh my god, you guys, this is kind of the perfect segue. 
This okay, so this this was planned. This was no, this was planned all along. Oh, so we're talking about Junebug. We're talking about the fighter, and we're talking about a rival, Amy Sedaris. You know, is in all three. Yeah. (laughs) Amy Sedaris, famously of the North Carolina Sedarises. Oh yes. So I think that's sort of a great segue to Junebug. Oh, okay. Let me pull up my. I have nothing to pull up. Okay. Um. <laughs> Just doing bits. Let me pull up my Let me my pull up schedule. my, Does my someone wanna... June bug file. My minutes. <laughs> Apple folder June bug. Let me pull up my June bug minutes from when I watched the film. Wait, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon, were you just looking up your June bug folder on your computer? <laughs> no, what? No. Yes. Yes, I was, Daniel. You were not. <laughs> You were not. Aww. You were not. Uh, okay. When I have uh, one thing to say when about Embeth Jumbug. says fuck the first time, and Amy's like, oh, she's so cool. And, and then I'm and, gonna say fuck. Yeah, and then she, and then she, she, <laughs> so she doesn't just say fuck, she drops it as a fucking yeah. as an adjective in such a ham fisted, like awkward and way. She's fucking. <laughs> and she she like looks over at Embeth too, saying uh-huh. it. Okay, okay, I What's have Embeth's last name. I, I never no remember, idea. but I love her. What had happened to her career? I don't know what happened to her. Is she career. in Matilda? Yes, Embeth Davis. She's the teacher in Matilda. She's the mom cameo at the beginning of The Lost World when the child oh gets lost God. and oh, then she's eaten, on Ray Donovan. So all the moms of is, wait, hold on. Is the world in Lost World a child? Is the child the titular world? Yes. The titular Lost World. Mm-hmm. Great movie, The Lost World. <laughs> lost World is an interesting movie. I don't think it's good, but it, I use it to build my thesis that Steven Spielberg often has some of his most handsome craft in his in failed movies. Ad, yeah, in his failed movies. The Terminal. It's Jacques Tati. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. There are some overhead shots in that that I think are just brilliant. Um, good movie, IMO. Deposits of information. Well, really? I like it. Interesting. I want to well, like that movie. On the Indiana well, Jones episode, I'll defend it. When Indiana Jones... <laughs> finally comes out in four so, years and Ste- we are still doing this podcast. Steven Spielberg made his film, which was The Post. He made his movie, which was famously Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. And he will make his Schiller's flick list. next. And, that's, ah, and that, that will be our episode ah. when we talk about mm. He's going to be flick- Kingdom of the Crystal flicking. Skull. Crystal of the Kingdom Skull. Me. Before we get into flicking the... the <laughs> He's flicking the bean of cinema. <laughs> Goddamn. All right, I have one thing to say about Junebug. Okay, <clears throat> just one, four and a half, four and a half stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> I just got one thing. And to just say. one comment. <laughs> How come, Brandon Kirby? <laughs> That's all I got. Great. Um, I'll open with this. <clears throat> Phil Morrison knew exactly what he had in Amy Adams because the movie is f- it's pretty flat. Oh, I know. Where then, oh, I know where you're going with this. I know where you're going with the this. The first shot of her is that close up. Mm. And she's and just what else? glowing and beaming, her bright eyes. And what accompanies that close-up? What does? Music. Oh, yes, yes. We go from... That, like, ab- flourish abso- of string. Yes, exactly. Absolute oh. stillness in that room. We will talk... I mean, I think Junebug... Inter- I think Junebug... <laughs> I think Junebug is an interesting movie. Does anybody else think global warming is a good thing? <laughs> but one thing that I love so much is the stillness in this movie and just the weight of emptiness in all of these rooms and spaces. And she just brings it to life in the sound and in that close up, which is, I'm sure, you know, I, I can't be so sure as to say it's, it's cause it's not the first close up in the movie, but right. I think it's the first tight close up in the movie. Maybe it's not. 
It's it, definitely it, the maybe first, in North like, Carolina. It's single shot. It stands out in, in, as a because there's like, a pretty signifier. close shot of both Alessandro and and Beth, but they're like making out. They're making yeah. out, which is such over an the credits or interesting yeah. credit sequence. I think it's an interesting credit sequence. Does anybody else think? We'll but that's something. the first moment of the film, and it's like Phil Morrison knew and ex- that is he had cinema. He had his thing that made his movie and that thing 100%. was Amy Adams. I couldn't agree more. I don't think uh, some people think it's a not great movie elevated by a very very great Amy Adams. I don't agree. I think it's a great movie, but Amy Adams Still at the same time the way that brings she creates she makes that movie what it is. Junebug is constructed Obviously. in such a unique way. Like I just I, I can't go deep quite yet. I'm not my brain isn't there, but I'm not sure I've seen it's at once very emblematic of that mid-aughts American independent mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, some of the fades, some of the ways that, again, it lingers in these empty rooms and has sort of this haunted quality, it it doesn't feel... It, it feels completely singular in, in tone yeah. and the yeah. way that a lot of these scenes bleed into one another. And the process of the OC's job is different than typical American indie stuff of that moment. Like, seeing... His oh, I see what you're saying. Blue collar labor. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. As opposed to, like, it's not like yes, it does deal in this tweer, tweer, like art world stuff, but it's juxtaposed against real human beings. Right. It's I very like, red. But what I like about it, blue. But what I like about what I like about it is that that contrast is not cartoonish. Right. Exactly. And it is getting at that we are all more similar than than not but not in any sort of hacky like Mm-mm. she does come in and kiss everybody twice on the just cheek just another version of you by Norman Lear where is it <laughs> Ben just, is signaling I'll to his to his out. bookshelf he, with the camera this I'll is Synecdoche New oh, York the camera has just tilted up to a bookshelf above Ben's head which is <laughs> Hope Davis's head and <laughs> I have I wrote a book about this <laughs> I think I think would would make it stand apart from a lot of those uh American independence of like the the whole this movie comes out before Little Miss Sunshine, and I love Little Miss Sunshine. But that sort of Sundance boom, the the quirkiness, the idiosyncrasies, the again like cartoonish flavor to everything. This isn't that. I think Junebug is a very sad movie, and yeah. it doesn't go out it's, of its who way. Who won that Oscar? Was it Rachel Weisz for the Constant yes. Gardener? Yes, correct. And I think she's tremendous in that. But I haven't seen it since two thousand. This should have no. been Amy's Oscar. I actually don't think it should have because. Think about. I mean, we don't I mean, know. It should have been her first. It's speculative. Yeah, of course, yes. good, yes. good <laughs> correction. Zero. Yes. How do we think her career I mean, would have yes. changed though if she yeah, if she know. wins the Oscar on this first thing? Uh, because you think about so. And Amy Adams is. An I was ex- actually during the Emmys. I was thinking about Henry Winkler, new Emmy winner. Is there anything better? Like it's not better for someone's career to not win the award, but. Isn't it better for Amy that she hasn't won the award yet? Yes, Because absolutely. when she does inevitably win, it'll be It'll so be like Julianne sweet. Moore winning. Yes. And it'll yeah. be like, you deserve this so much. I yes. don't think that Amy Adams is motivated by what types of awards she wins, mm-hmm. but there's got to be some calculus here that leads her to these different roles. I mean, Junebug is a, challenge, a deceptively challenging role, mm-hmm. but... When you look at the projects Amy Adams has chosen from then until now, you can establish some sort of through line, but I find the most interesting work are the outliers, which may be closer to what she can do as an actress than the way that we've... I, I'm not, I'm not sure quite what I'm getting at. Like American Hustle, for instance. Um, Arrival is sort of yeah. a left field performance as well. The Master, of course. I feel like... But I, I do think, think... I think Sharp Objects is a bit outside of but, what she's... Well, yeah, which yeah, I've only I seen the so. first episode I of. think... 
her career has really just like taken off since the master in a way that it wasn't taking off before the master. I mm-hmm. would I would argue that the fighter is that perhaps because she gets cast in the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Like I don't like the, I don't I don't like sort of the tone of what I'm saying here. I'm not saying it's like a kingmaker and then she mm-hmm. was selected. She already had three Oscar nominations by the time right. she got to the master. But I think that the fighter felt pretty left field at the time because she's playing this working class girl, this rough and tumble bartender. It is the first and like, She's playing this bubbly. MTV girl. Right. Wasn't that right off the heels of Enchanted or no? No, Enchanted was 07, I think. Oh, okay. So we're a couple so, years past that. Enchanted was not. So it was off. It was 2000. Was, was it, it Enchanted Doubt? I'm trying to just do the math. Was before Doubt. It, and then Doubt is like, she's the prissy. I'm just going to find out. Worry wart character. Right. And then she gets well, she's like, a wallflower. And that. Leap year, which is also just like huffy. Like rom com lead. You're right. Enchanted is 2007. Um, and Enchanted is, of course, very broad. Mm-hmm. And Enchanted is amazing. She and David O. Russell is the first person that saw something else in her, theoretically. Well, this is so. I'd never seen Junebug before. Um, before prepping for Nor this podcast, had I. You're welcome. Which is crazy. Thank you, Brandon. Which it's just crazy. crazy. It's just one that I've just I missed in the moment and. It's, I don't know. I've never wanted to go back, even though I love Amy. But the first Amy Adams, and I've, I haven't seen Drop Dead Gorgeous either. I'm, 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 I'm admitting on the oh, microphone. I saw it a long time but ago. But Catch Me If You Can was the first Amy Adams performance Same. I ever saw. I remember where I was sitting in my grandparents' living room mm. when she came on screen, right? And She's so good at Catch Me Amazing. I mean, that that is a real, because um, that's a long movie. It's like two and a half hours. Let's say it's two and a half. It might be like 2.15, 2.20. She's only in... 30 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. and, and and not even as a co-lead like she is the most substantial person next to Leo because Tom Hanks is supporting anyway in my opinion but she's in such a brief glimmer of that movie since it's so long and she's the one who leaves an impression it's a vignette what yeah. I'm saying is it's a vignette driven movie between those three different con jobs that he's doing and the reason why hers is the most impactful isn't just because in the script it's pulling the heartstrings a little bit with the with the marriage proposal of it all and he's he's leo's with of this conflict of does he keep conning or does he settle down but amy adams is really the one who gives that a depth of feeling and and a melancholy or not even a melancholy just like a deep sadness or maybe it is melancholy because she's yeah. doing that bright thing and then she contrasts it with the heartbreak which she also does in Junebug. Yeah, very much but in Junebug. what i'm trying to get at here is is that i wondered if i had seen Junebug earlier if i would be looking at the arc of, of her career mm. differently because Junebug, I, th- I do think there's some similarities between that and the Catch Me If You Can role in that it's bright, bubbly, optimistic person or character yeah. who then is met with the limits of that optimism with right. harsh circumstances in life. But The Junebug. But after seeing yeah. Junebug, I think about... This is what I was like back uh, talking about like the arc of her career on these outliers. I do think there's like a sweetness that people assume about Amy Adams, yeah. sort of a wallflower quality, or not not wallflower, but just like... Slight, like a slightly dimmer bulb nice. that is somehow more radiant. Mm-hmm. And after seeing Junebug, I think that like American Hustle doesn't seem so out of place mm. um, in, in, in the charisma of it all. I don't think that the fighter seems at all, not at all out of place. Um, Junebug's really like... It's a really charismatic performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it shows a lot. There's a lot of traces of what she does in Junebug in her later work. Like this is like a very tiny detail, but... You know how her character in Junebug, she does that thing when she smiles, she puts her tongue mm-hmm. between, between her teeth. She, she doesn't do- catch me if you can, too. Does she do that in Catch I Me? Think, I she, think. Yeah, I she noticed does. it. I noticed she did it in Arrival when she's in interacting mm-hmm. with her daughter. When she's happy. 
I think she's just, happy. I think that's just Amy. It's just Amy. She's so good at using herself. Oh, I was going to say, something that Steven Spielberg said to her on Catch Me If You Can that I think is something that she do- has carried with her, or I see it in every other performance. Uh-huh. She was like, they were like filming one day, and she just was like crying in the corner. And Steven was like, what's wrong? And she was just like, I just can't do it. Like, I just can't do it. And his own, his his direction was just... Well, you have to because doesn't your character deserve it? And I just feel like wow. Amy Adams, every character, she believes they deserve it being done correctly. I completely agree with that, Stephen. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially shines through in American Hustle, which yeah. is not a movie that we're technically talking which about today. Which is my favorite performance of hers, but I didn't choose it for this podcast because we've already talked about it. I that. think that American Hustle is mine. I chose The Fighter, and I do want to stick to a structure here. I want to get back to Junebug, but... No, I'll just wait and talk about The Fighter when we get to The Fighter. Because I don't actually, I don't, the performance is great. For I'm so happy Melissa Leo won the Oscar for a number of reasons. She's very good. First and foremost, the acting first and, very oh, good. fantastic ensemble work in The Fighter. First and foremost, I'm glad Melissa Leo won because the performance is fucking fantastic. And to, not to get too and she, hyperbolic she about it, it, instantly iconic. And that's Consider. the other thing. And that's the other thing about it is that they were only, uh, what is it, Warner Brothers was The Fighter? I don't remember. Whichever studio was doing was the fighter. Studio. If I'm remembering my Oscar history correctly, and maybe someone can let us know if I'm not, the studio was going to put all their money in Amy Adams for supporting because yeah. they didn't want to cut their votes. Right. You know, they, they didn't want to get neither of them nominated. They wanted to put all their chips on Amy. And Melissa Leo self-funded her own Oscar campaign, famously with the Consider ads, where yep. she's next to a pool in a fur coat, <laughs> and when she's leaning, leaning forward in her black <laughs> Consider. dress. Consider. I mean, they're fantastic. But I... I, and I think that most people feel this way. They, you can both joke about them because they are so, they have this like They're old, fun. they have this old Hollywood glamour. Yeah, that, and they yet, do. And yet a feeling of tone deafness to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she did that. Yeah. And she won, yeah, she, she, won. she won herself an Oscar. And when it comes to women not getting their due in this industry and studios and, and the money people not being behind them, Melissa Leo said, fuck you to all of that. And yeah. it's not so dissimilar from Monique um, refusing to campaign for Precious. Right. Like it, it's, it's playing by their own rules to, to get theirs. And yeah. I, I think it's great. But anyway, I'm so sorry. Two anecdotes while we're on the here. Mm-hmm. Um, at a Q&A for prisoners, someone asked Melissa Leo, She's how, so good in how, do you, how do you pick your roles? And she just stared at her for a second and was like, how many offers do you think I get? <laughs> no, <laughs> Melissa Leo famously, I don't know if it's true anymore, but Melissa Leo famously said yes to everything. Yes. she's And then she added, like, if I can fit it into my schedule, I do it. And she wins wow. an Academy Award. And, and again, I don't know if that's still her modus operandi, but Melissa Leo still was struggling to get work. I mean, she's an actress over mm-hmm. 50. Um, it's kind of crazy that she still has to say yes to everything after she gets the Oscar. Yeah. But I think that Melissa Leo turns every performance into, into a gem. I mean, pri- I Prisoners is like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a good example, but basically, uh, you know, like when archetypes get villainized in movies and people get upset about it because they're like, why do they, why does this person always have to be a villain? Um, you would think that Melissa Leo in Prisoners would be offensive to the cat ladies of the world out there cast as villains. But I she blacked out but she gives the, prisoners. Did you really? Do you don't like it? No. Oh, I like it a lot. Did it punch you in the face? It's one of I my favorite Denis Villeneuve movies. I think uh, it's movies. fine. I think it's great. I think I, it's very good. I think it's high pulp. Very good. I think it's high pulp. 
Yes. As opposed to high camp. And the other anecdote I wanted to say is the Oscars that year, whoever asked Mark Wahlberg, how you feeling tonight? And he just straight up goes, well, we got Christian and we're probably getting Melissa. So I feel really good. Oh, gross. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg in The Fighter is just my favorite thing. I have a lot of things. There I don't is. have a lot. I have one thing to say not about Mark you, Wahlberg. Not you. And not you. Not you. Not you. And not you. Not you. Not you. Not you. And not you. Not you. Ben, <laughs> not you. Did I you watch the it. video? No, I didn't watch it's that. Not you. Not you. This is just for family. Not you. Me? Not you. What about me? Not you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to June. Not you, Zero. <laughs> Back to the June bug of it okay, all. Um... I was, I was, so going back to our original thing here, it's not just that the music, that those those buoyant strings or whatever you oh, said. Oh, right. That was what I was back talking in. about. But I'm pretty... We're still in the first point when you think of, about how, of the podcast. When you think about how dour that environment is, <clears throat> that, that, that kitchen, she brings... Celia Weston's kitchen, I'm pretty sure she gets a light on her too. Yeah. I mean, she's just absolutely luminous. And I think that it's, she is lit a little differently. And it makes probably. sense because the window would be catching her with the natural light. But that but she, shot yeah. is just... Do we... So, well, we can get into that a little bit later. Because the film... Mm. Obviously, the Amy Adams character in Junebug, whose character's name is... Her name is... It is... Maggie. Cleo. Ashley. She's an Ashley. So... Ashley is... is, is the life force of the film. And yeah. the movie doesn't make any mistake. I mean, they're not hiding that fact. It's very blatantly. Right. But it's, but she's it's, the son. I really like when OC is frantic to tape the mirror cats for her. I love that. That's scene. so sweet. It's sweet, but it's He's, also so rude, <laughs> but yes, well, it's, that he doesn't know how to express himself. That's him. Yes. Exactly. That's yes. him trying to make an effort. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what Ashley sees. And right. That's why she stays. Yeah. But, yeah, right. No, totally. But I don't think that she's... What I kind of love about that scene when he is... So Ashley, in this beautiful, beautifully like fluid torrent of questions that she mm-hmm. asks Madeline as soon as she arrives in North Carolina. So this movie is about... Um, oh, right. This movie is about uh, a, a woman who owns uh, an art gallery in Chicago. She is going to North Carolina to investigate a local artist. And her husband, who she met six months earlier, is from North Carolina. And then they spend like about a week with his family. So when they arrive at the house and Ashley just asks Madeline this torrent of questions, she's like, what's your favorite color? Like, where were you born? My favorite, my favorite animal is the meerkat. <laughs> and so later we see her husband the OC taping this meerkat special. So during her baby shower, he's like screaming up the stairs, like Ashley, come down here. And so she comes down. But I, what I like about the, what about the Amy Adams performance is that she's not, she's not a pushover. Yeah. And she, I think, I think as like Brandon was saying, she definitely appreciates the gesture and it's why she stays with him. But at the same time, she's incredibly fucking annoyed. She's definitely like, that he interrupted the baby shower. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. No, yeah. but yeah, I just think it's very sweet. I do too. Um, I, because so, it because it gives shading to that to the OC's character to that lug, yeah. Because otherwise, like he could be, all these characters could be I mean, stereotyped to what? No, no, no. Make your point. Sorry. Like they they're not stereotypes. They all have like redeeming and qualities and like that. It's it's, it's nicely shaded. Everyone is right. Real. There's no like OC's caricature. character does a lot of crazy things, and I'm not sure that it ever finds the through line. I think. Partly what this movie is saying, like part, to your point, is that they're not archetypes, they're not through lines, they're people. 
You know, yeah. like their 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 emotions are not on some sort of logical line. Like yeah. everybody is human and therefore volatile. Yeah. But I have a lot of trouble with that character and that, you know, he's moody. He wasn't ready to have kids. He's getting his GED. He's got a lot on his mind. He's about to be a dad. His wife annoys the hell out of him, but he loves her nonetheless. But it seems like every single scene, he has a completely different character. To, or like the film wants us to feel differently about him, and that's probably intentional. But we get that. But then we also get him trying to cheat on Ashley with Madeline um, when right. they're when they're working on the Huck Finn book report late at night. And then there's the whole thing with George, the Alessandro Nivola character. who might Nice be, butt, by the way. Great butt. Fantastic butt. Great face. Great everything. I know, but two that out of two butt scene. I, I have oh, more of scene. a problem with his character. That's what I'm getting at. So there's this rivalry between the two that's never investigated. But George is a fucking cipher, right? Yeah. He there's, has no, like, inner life in this and, film. And Madeline... It's really weird. Madeline... And, it's, it is weird, right? He's a black hole. Yeah. It's just like, he doesn't... Like... After, I, like, 45 minutes, I was like, has he, he even spoken in this movie? And he has, but barely. I don't know. I think... It it works, and then when he me. finally I, does speak, he's mad that she's choosing her career over family. Yeah, and that's and he's weird. And, and here's because I haven't seen that in him specifically. He's, I think he's struggling the whole movie with this man outside of his roots mm-hmm. for for Madeline. What's her name, Madeline? Yeah, and Madeline's Madeline. and who he Once might was. might actually still. B. He's and, a and the fact of that he like does snap or like d- acts like an asshole to her about going to the gallery thing, even though that is the sole purpose of her coming. Right. Like it was never. I think we're supposed to see that as a fault in him. Like mm-hmm. I think he is. I think they're all just flawed. I, I don't, don't think, think. I don't. I just don't see him having a crisis as being really part of the text I, of the film. I yeah. do. No, no, but I do, and it's through the absence of his character. So I, I, I agree with you um, with what you're saying about George as a cipher, and like I'm saying as a black hole. But I totally stand behind the him omitting himself from scenes. He's choosing to go into town to fill up the car and get gas. Mm-hmm. He's choosing to just disappear. As soon as he gets there, he goes down to the basement to just hide. Yeah. Like I understand that um, he's 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 uncomfortable being home. He's not ready to hook back into his old North Carolina self. He you know he's left. He has this new identity. I understand that he's running away from his family while he's there. What I don't understand is why the film has no investigation of the central relationship. George and Madeline have no compelling conversations or any conversations. They just fuck. And I understand that... Which maybe that's... I'm supposed to wonder, like, what is the relationship? Well, they're in the honeymoon. They've only been together for six months. Like, I understand... Right, that's why... I understand, like, they're fucking, like, crazy because they're... It's still a new relationship. Mm -hmm. But I have no... I have no idea why they're together. Mm -hmm. And I don't see Madeline wondering why they're together mm-hmm. so why isn't the film giving us any reason why they're together apart from their sexual attraction because the right. film seems I to get, posit I at the you. end that they're supposed to still be together they've overcome right. this thing uh of, of ashley's miscarriage yeah but there's I, it just baffles me that to 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 i guess to, it, to, it I does it ends on a punchline yeah what's of, what do you thank, mean thank god we're like, out of there or yeah. whatever See, I see that. I don't think we're supposed to necessarily, because I don't think the movie is really about them. I think it's like a bait and switch. Like you think the movie's about them, but then once they dip into the North Carolina family, you realize, yeah. and then Amy Adams steals the fucking show. Right. You realize like, 
oh, the story's actually kind of about her. And totally. Then, and then they leave. So it's like, they, I agree with they you. just took a, it's almost like we start with these characters, but then right. you realize the ball, the actually, what the story is, is the North mm-hmm. Carolina family. I and agree then with leaving, you. it's like, well, good riddance, leave because the more interesting characters are in this house that you just left. I, I agree with that, but I do think that if it's going to be a bait and switch, you have to give us bait. <laughs> like, I haven't yeah. been hooked. To use your metaphor, like, I have not been hooked with any bait with this couple. I have no idea why they're together. I don't know anything about him. It would be a more interesting movie if we were invested in the couple when they get to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You I know? think that's right. Fair. Fair. I would be remiss if I didn't mention how how great a job this movie does at coloring North Carolina. So I didn't grow up in North Carolina, but both my parents grew up in North Carolina and I've been spending time in North Carolina since my entire life. That's where that's basically, I, my family doesn't live where we lived growing up. We live in North Carolina now. That's where my, that's where I go for Christmas and everything. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in North Carolina and just this movie gets so many details, right? Um, I, in my letterbox log, I mentioned this, but like there's a hot, there's a hot sauce called Texas Pete that you can only get in North Carolina. It's not from Texas. It's made in Winston Salem. And I brought some back with me last time I was there and I ran out yesterday, the day I watched this, but there's a Texas Pete bottle, which is if you know what that bottle looks like, it's unmistakable. The movie's not calling attention to it, but it's right there on the kitchen table next to a thing of toothpicks. Just the whole like the 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 masculine uh, the 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 of masculinity involving the toothpicks after the church, mm-hmm. the fold out uh, metal chairs, the the red brick on the green grass. Like this movie just gets so much right about North Carolina that it's crazy and and. Most crucially, it's in those scenes that I've mentioned a couple of times now where the film decides to linger on an empty room, which is full of bric-a-brac, embroidered pillows, recliner seats, ashtrays, with no one, bird, fake birds on the wall, and we just sit. That she breaks. That she breaks. Which is one of the only like outright comic moment beats in the film. Mm-hmm. But there's just such a sadness to the South and to North Carolina specifically Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't need to get into all of it because I don't want to speak for anybody, but also that I've picked up secondhand from my dad and my mom and my uncle and my North Carolina family. And just like the, the pregnant sadness of all of these rooms before the characters enter them, I think is just so spot on in tackling the mood of North Carolina and the way that people are so repressed there and haunted. Um, and the reason why Ashley stands out so much is because she's so ebullient and she's so she, you know, she's of course trying to mask for her own feelings of inadequacy, right? but which is very North Carolina and very Southern, but the, some characters are resigned to, to their sadness. And then other characters are trying to make up for it. And that's of course just true about humans in general. But whenever you go to the South, I mean, it's like the old thing about, you know, like, like the phrase, like bless your heart. Right. right? It, 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 it doesn't actually mean bless your heart. It means something else. And so much in the South, it, you know, it's about treating your visitors like family and your family like visitors. Like there's all these contradictions in, right. in the South and in North Carolina. And I just think Junebug does a brilliant job of bringing that to life. Yeah. Celio Weston. Oh, oh, let me say, and then, and then I'll the stop talking. Oh, oh. Have you guys both seen Flirting with Disaster? Mm-hmm. Not in a long time. Okay, so... This movie, I didn't realize it, but it's the second entry, and the Celia Weston has her valuable ceramic mm. animal broken by a visitor she's led into her home. Oh universe. my god, that's right. So in flirting, make a letterbox list. I will make a letterbox list. <laughs> It'll get no likes. So in flirting with disaster, I'll speaking like of David it. O. Russell, which is my favorite David O. Russell movie, and the reason why I do like him as a filmmaker, I think, goes back to my love for that film. But the movie is about Ben Stiller, who was adopted. He's an adult, but has been adopted by Mary Tyler Moore and George Seagal. It's great stuff. He wants to go find his birth 
parents. Um, so he, it's this trip through America, stopping off at all these different places as he tries to find out who his, um, who his blood, uh, who his genetic relatives are. And the first stop is Celia Weston in San Diego. And she's just like this San Diego girl. And, and he and Taya Leone are having like an arm wrestling thing mm. and they accidentally knock into Celia Weston's collection of uh, like tiny ceramic animals and it knocks over and they all break down mm-hmm. and they're like looking for this one and, and Ben Stiller's like, oh, is this it? Like, is, is this the bird? And Celia Weston just goes, no, that's the dog's pillow, <laughs> which oh, is the God. funniest thing to me. <laughs> and then in this, her. she gets her bird broken. So I forgot about her and then I saw her in Junebug and then I just rewatched in the bedroom and she's in that too. Oh, that's right. Okay, let's move on from Junebug. So going is we're doing a David O. Russell segue then? Yes. Mm-hmm. Into the fighter. Mm-hmm. We keep accidentally landing on these great segues. Was that a segue? I I was just talking about flirting with disaster. <gasps> in Amy oh! Sedaris, North Carolina. The magic this is movies IMO magic. Wow. Like movie magic. Gonna eat these puffs. Mm. I've been, I've been hogging the mic. So somebody else start talking about the fighter. But it's your movie. You brought it to the table. I'm leaving the table. Not you, not you, wow. and not you. I really liked the fighter Me when too. it came out in 2010. Oh. <laughs> I still like it. When I watched it yesterday, two days ago. Did you see that it's a messy bitch? It is. I don't like it as much. No. I just. I think it's a. I think the script is very. Um, conventional. Well, yes. And you don't think it it manages to break convention at all? I think it does. I think it does a little bit. Just in the messy David no, Russell of I it don't. all. I don't. Expand on that. How can you prove a negative? I just don't. But you talk about Blair does too. I don't know. I just it's. What about the this the. The framing. I guess you like it, the framing device. I do actually. See, I don't. <laughs> I forgot um, about the framing device, and the movie started, and I was like, "Oh God!" Because I think that the last moment of the movie is the best part of the movie. Is mm. Christian Bale crying? Mm. Um, Christian Bale in this movie. He's amazing. Christian Bale is an amazing actor, outstanding actor. Mm-hmm. And you, you said something. I think, and you said it in the group text, mm-hmm. and I was driving, and I got the. The preview of the text, and it started with, what did it say? Um, Christian Bale is someone I don't understand. And then that was the break of the text, and I just like I saw that, and then it disappeared on my phone. And I let out a huge sigh. I'm like, it is just too early mm-hmm. to have a fight with Ben in the group chat right now. And then mm-hmm. I opened it, and you made a different yeah. point. It was Christian Bale is someone that I don't understand why people don't like him, and I don't. Why other don't than, people like him? Well, because he's an asshole, IRL. Well, th- yeah, sure. So and like are a yes, lot of people. Yes, and I get it if that colors your opinion watching him too i just really i think a lot of it comes from having worked on a boxing movie and i'm just like i get oh, it sure i get i have lived this movie i see these beats yeah and which I just, boxing movie then i worked on the film bleed for this written and directed by ben younger i was an associate producer on the film and i don't know i just when i watch I just think I I did. This was the first time I've watched it since I was on Bleed for This, and I was thinking about it in terms of Bleed for This. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about like, Creed? Well, Creed's the best movie ever made. Yeah, apart from that, Creed is Creed does transcend the genre for me. It does. I, I will say, and, and I want to get back to Christian Bell because even though this is the Amy Adams episode, we'll talk plenty. I mean, about they're Charlene. both. 
phenomenal. They're both amazing. It's, um, it's going. They're the only two. Like they're the only two actors that can match each other, and that's why it works that so scene. well. That that's scene, the best. See, that's the best scene in the movie for me. That's why American Hustle works. Yep, is them uh, playing opposite each other, yeah. and that's it's why, why Vice is going to work. The Dick Cheney movie is going to work. Oh, because it's them playing off each I, other. I couldn't agree with you more. Hell yeah. I think that they're different. She'll win I, that. I think they're Oscar. different actors. I think, mm-hmm. well, we'll see. I hope Knock she wins, but I also, see, this is, okay, so. Th- I think she's a much more instinctive actor I, than he is, what I understand of their processes. Let me say something really quick, because I just got, to, I, this is an embarrassing realization I'm having, but maybe it an- unlocks the reason why Amy Adams has never won an Oscar. So Brandon mm-hmm. just said Amy Adams is going to win for this. And what I was going to say is, well, Sounds like Regina King and If Beale Street Could Talk is amazing. I kind of want her to win because she's never been nominated before. Uh, and we love Regina King. Regina King. The Regina King of it all. No, no, I want her to win. No, no, no. But what I'm getting at is that I think that a lot of times people don't vote for Amy. This is just, you know, I'm making a guess. I'm, I don't know any, anybody in the Academy. Right. Um, I think that people probably don't vote for Amy Adams because they figure she's going to get it. Because yeah. what I'm saying is like, no, no, it's Amy Adams doesn't need to beat Regina King. Right. Amy Adams, will, you know, she's been nominated It'll six be times more. already. She's going to, and it's not that Regina King doesn't, but from Ben's scene, if Bill Street could talk, everything I've heard about it is it's just this amazing, it's just an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we should have given her an Oscar nomination for Jerry Maguire. Like there's, you know, there's kind of like with Patricia Arquette, like Ben was saying yeah. over text, Regina King is overdue. So is Amy Adams, but it's in a different way, right? Yeah. People take Amy Adams for granted. That's what I'm getting because at. Because Amy Adams... I'm taking her for granted, granted in this moment. That's Amy what I'm Adams at. has the respect uh, as being one of the great American actresses. It's in, only been 12 years since Doombug. Yeah. And, but it, and it's already just like, oh, well, she's so... Like, it's not the one standout performance of her career all of a sudden. See, we this this, this is you put your finger on amazing. something. This is how we get Meryl Streep winning an Oscar for the Iron Lady. Mm-hmm. Is we keep saying, "Oh, this is ama- this is an amazing performance." Well, of course, we're going to nominate it, uh-huh. but it's not the performance. This isn't the one we're going to give her one for, or this is the one we're going to give him a second one for. Right. And that's how we get to the Iron Lady because eventually Meryl keeps racking up these. Nom- it should have been Devil Wears Prada. I mean, it should have been adaptation. Um, but anyway, we, we and eventually it's like, well, we'll give it to her for the Iron Lady. Right. It's it's like Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman, uh, and I'm scared that maybe that's what we'll do with Amy Adams. Yeah, we'll It'll give her some weird movie in twenty more years. Yeah, that yeah, like yeah, it's like it felt so long for Kate Winslet to run to win an Oscar. Another great example, and part of it was Which, what did she finally win for? The Reader. The Reader. Which was also which the same is another year which as, is an example of that. But she also had Revolutionary Road that year, so it was we like all thought a she was going to get a du- we all thought she was going to get a double nomination, actress for Revolutionary she won both Road, Golden Globes. So, that's right, supporting actress for the reader. She got snubbed for Revolutionary, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like the sixth, but slot. we knew they she... were expecting the reader would be in supporting, and then she got exactly. nominated for the reader in the, the Academy. Reader. Said no, no, no uh, to Wally in the Dark Knight and Best Picture, and Kate Winslet, which was a Harvey Weinstein pull behind the scenes to yeah. make sure she gets the lead actress nomination for my movie and not the other movie. Got it. Gross. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he allow? Well, whatever. I'm not gonna. Why couldn't he have done a million things differently? I know. Fucking That's asshole. That's why I just cut Fucking myself asshole. off. But Monster. It felt, and it's also because of my age, from like Kate Winslet's first Oscar to her win, that that twelve-year period felt yeah. a lot longer than this current twelve-year period. I think I probably would have. I, I would need to look at the competition. Mm-hmm. Would probably give Kate the Oscar for Sense and Sensibility. Would give Ooh, it to yeah. her for Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh yeah, and Titanic is close. But those are the two I would give to Kate Winslet. It's hard for me. 
Titanic year is very hard for me. Is that who, the who year that... That's um, Helen Hunt in As Good As It Gets. Which is just a great win. And it's just so hard for me to say that she didn't deserve it because See, and she's a good, so fucking This is good. what I mean with Regina King. Like, we think of... Regina, yes. late, lately, anyway, not always, but lately we think of Regina King as a TV <coughs> actress. I mean, she's right. won three Emmys. How great is that? Mm-hmm. For the Which is... Would, it, it, God damn it. Who published some great interview with her recently? It's wonderful. She's like, loving it. Um, but what else did she win for American? She won crime? two for American Crime, right? And then what was it? Mm. Seven seconds? Yeah, yeah. That she on just Netflix? on Netflix. So it's, it's viewable to all. Yeah, but they well, rip it down but, after they cancel. But it. with Helen Hunt, too, it I guess is a two-time nominee. But it's it's just like how do you how do you pass up the opportunity to give yeah, Helen Hunt that Oscar? When how do you Helen pass up Hunt won, it was like on a run of four Best Actress Emmys in a row right. for Mad About You, and then she was in a James so, L. Brooks. And of course, this so is So Regina King was on the same path. Mm-hmm. So here's an idea. <coughs> you okay? Mm-hmm. I think I that... Got many, a little choke on some pirate's booty. <laughs> too many puffs. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say something. Choking because on I'm the just, booty. There you go, because I was just mm. going to say, cut it out. Mm. Um... I think that if if Nicole Holofcener, Center, who we will be talking about in a couple of months, mm-hmm. I guess for uh, oh, so Adam, I'll wait you ever to watch me? Steady Habits. We're going to talk about so we're going to talk about Land of Steady Habits when All we right. talk about Can You Ever Forgive Me? Since we're she not talking about Nicole sooner. No, but hold on, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon. I just like coughed and said your name at the same time, and it was like, Brandon. Brandon. So what I'm getting at is, and I say that because I forget what my point was. Oh, Nicole Holofcener. Oh. If enough said had come out, and if James Gandolfini had lived for a few more years, um, I, I want to do a James Gandolfini episode. We'll do a Sopranos episode. Did Julia point. get nominated? No, I mean I. I, I like, wow! I like, what the I like, fuck? Yeah, enough said. Right. So I like to joke around and be like, my fa- my favorite Oscar win of the last ten years is Julia Louis Dreyfus for Enough Said. Had enough said come out maybe four years later <laughs> after those Veep wins, mm. I think Julia gets the Oscar. I think that's nomination. probably right. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Should we talk about Amy I Adams in the fighter? I love this podcast, Dickie. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my segue back into it. I love this podcast, Dickie. You know, she doesn't actually say <laughs> that. No, she says, I like my life a lot, Dickie. I thought she, yeah, I like, I really like my life. She, I, says, she says, I really like my life. I like I my life, life a lot, Dickie. Uh, Dickie. Dickie. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. Dick. Dickie. 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 Errant nonsense. That's also one of my favorite Taxed line readings. From by the scene. Boston government. <laughs> nonsense. Errant nonsense. <laughs> I will say oh. to, to, for Christian Bale. And if you pay nothing, you care nothing. What do you care where your rubbish goes? <laughs> this is basically what Amy Adams says about Melissa Leo taking all yeah. of Mark Wahlberg's money in the fighter. Wait, mm-hmm. I want to just bring up your log and the fact that that car, which mm-hmm. is a detail I remember from the first time I saw it back in 2010, that fucking car running over that trash it's can why it's a, and it's, dragging it. It's why the fighter is a very well-directed movie. There is, and it maybe was in the script, but didn't David O. Russell do a pass on the script? He always does, yeah. I think. When Melissa Leo and the gaggle of sisters mm-hmm. who... I'll just always love this movie for a lot of reasons. One being those sisters, mm-hmm. MTV girl of it all. When they roll up to Amy Adams' apartment to read her the riot act, yeah. Melissa Leo rams into a aluminum trash can, mm-hmm. knocks it down, and then when they leave, it's stuck under her front bumper and it sparks up on the concrete as they drive away. And that is the detail, like that is the little peppering of flavor that David O. Russell brings to these movies. It's not just like regional specificity, and it's not just. Um, it's not just funny, but David O. Russell thought, 
No, she should definitely run into a trash can. Yeah. And then she's going to drag the trash can with her when she the leaves. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's madcap. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says a lot about the character, and it's just funny. Yeah. But let me just say about Christian Bell, because then we probably should segue into Amy. What I like about Christian Bell as an actor is how vulnerable he is at mm-hmm. all times, which I, I think you said, and mm-hmm. that's, that's where I, 10 minutes ago, I thought this is what I would get to say back to what you said. And I'm going to say it anyway. I think that some people, not that it, it's never a good idea to start a point with a you know scarecrow, but I think that some people would say that he showboats, yeah. and I think that he willfully embarrasses himself in front of the camera. Yes. And that's, and, a, that's a rare vulnerable art, I think. It's like he his hair so in American Hustle. He's and co- Amy yeah. is so committed. And Amy is also totally unselfconscious. And I think that's, that's what, they, what it is. And that's what they have probably. in common is that Amy is willing to do anything that is right for the moment. Um, and one thing I wanted to bring up about Amy that is great to bring up in The Fighter is that she does not think she's better than her characters so much that it makes you realize that other performances where you thought they didn't think they were better than the characters are wrong. <laughs> that they Maybe <laughs> that- if you had a character <laughs> that you were passionate about, then you wouldn't condescend to that fucking character. Yeah, that Amy is don't. so in the character because Amy, in this like John Cassavetes way, is able to just be herself in every single character that she does. And like, it's not like people are... Gay Twitter's gonna get upset. That Kate Blanchett is a very Uh oh. Kate Blanchett. Howard? Kate it's Blanchett. I always get it wrong. It's Blanchett. I believe that you scorned me on Mike once upon a time. Wait, it's Blanchett? It's Blanchett. Blanchett. Wow, I've been saying Blanchett in my head for 80 million years. And she Brandon, do you want to know how to make a good head of broccoli? Blanchett. You Blanchett. You Blanchett. You Blanchett. Sorry. She is like creating characters from the outside in. I feel like, and Amy is creating characters from the inside out, mm-hmm. and I think that mm-hmm. is more successful, in my opinion. Um, and I think I don't want to. I shouldn't talk. I love Kate Blanchett, but I just it just I thought about this. Comparison. I recently accidentally started talking shit on Meryl, so I, you know, I know where you're going. And I, I was like, making a very similar point. I was making the exact same point just, about yes, Glenn Close right. versus Meryl, and it's just Amy is like such an internal performer. interiority. Yes. Oh. It's been and, a while since I've heard that word. And like even when Kate expresses emotion, there's something so external about it. And whereas Amy, it's like you can see the, the, that she has gone through pain in her life as this character. And I think you can see she, like she's drawing this from somewhere real. Yeah. Like there is a deep well of pain inside yeah. of her. I went to college, but I didn't graduate because I patty too hard. Mm-hmm. It's that whole thing. Yeah. Like you, she... I think that it she... reminds me of oh my god the mm. the actress roundtable from this year, which is the best actress roundtable that ever was. Not this year, sorry. Arrival year. Um, Arrival with uh-huh. Isabel and Natalie Portman was talking about and Mike Benning. Nichols. Oh yes, I think that's right. Yes, and or someone also else. Emma Stone. Right, yes. I'm sure it was. It was Emma yes. Stone. Yes. yes, um, yes. So th- that like. Amy, like, Natalie talks about how Mike Nichols was so good about he's the person that will always, like, call you when he's thinking about you for, like, out of the blue. And Amy was like, yeah, he did that to me, too. And something like, and Amy, like, comments, like. Amy was in Charlie Wilson's work. Yeah. Amy, like, comments, like, I wish I had, like, 
reciprocated what I like that love because I was always like intimidated by him. And Natalie was like, well, you know, he like totally loved you. And she was like, I know. And like, I have regrets. Like I have like, I'm worth, it was very much like a self-worth comment that she doesn't feel. And then the, Um, and then the moderator says, does anyone here ever feel that you took a role and, and, and performed it and that it changed you in some sort of <laughs> profound way. And then Isabel Huppert Says. is not looking in the middle distance. She is looking down <laughs> to the downward distance, shakes her head and goes, no. no. I watched that clip Iconic. all the time. No. So good. Fan, no. friend of the podcast. Stares at the middle of the table. Baltimore Andrew has that clip as his pin tweet if you ever need to watch it. <laughs> I, I know that actually because, no. because sometimes I will click over to his profile yes. specifically I know that it's look. there. Yeah. Yes. No. Don't ever change it, Andrew. But that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That, that And I I'm, I hate to say it, I had forgotten about that because... I will never it, forget the look on Amy's face yeah. basically being like, I didn't feel worthy of Mike Nichols' love. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like very clear. She's worked through a lot and I feel like that has added to like it's very clear that like from the beginning of her career to now she has like done therapy i think arrival is the greatest therapy movie of her career and she has like uh, she's arrival. able to touch the depths of her soul she's, maybe she does yeah. tm are, ben, she I, probably does ben are you are you positing here on the podcast in a public forum that amy adams now post therapy is off the deep end <gasps> she's she's she, she dove in. Will she meet the ground? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I am. So I brought the fighter, but I beca- because I remember it. Similar to how Ben, this came out my freshman year of college, and so I'm like getting into the film. Oh, no, no, my sophomore year, but I'm getting into the film school of it all. And I like I baby, and I like how baby. I like how. David O. Russell shoots the boxing scenes with that cheap, overlit mm-hmm. HBO look. Yeah, I I think he's doing. Oh, interesting I love stuff the boxing the camera. scenes. I yeah. mean, or at the time, so I was really taken aback by how much energy and how much form he injects into it because it is sort of a paint by numbers story. Yeah, and it doesn't. It frankly, it's not a story that. No, 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 no. I don't stand by that. I was going to say it doesn't deserve to be treated in this way, but it's ultimately a movie about how, and I'm so sorry to be saying this, but it is what the movie is trying to do. And maybe it's lame, but it's what the movie is trying to do that you are fighting your family in the ring more than anything mm-hmm. else. And your family's expectations Ooh, for yourself and right. your expectations of yourself. Not you, not you, not you, not you. Whenever I watch a David O. Russell, I'm taken with how much more specific the shots are than I remember. And like, it's not like oh. a Cassavetti's freewheeling situation. No, I mean, you get it almost immediately. So when, when, um, when, when Mac Wabig, you know, uh, Mac Wabig, who has committed hate crimes and is a bastard. And, but he wakes up at two thirty in the morning to pray. Yeah. I fucking hate Mark Wahlberg. Good for him. But so I'm he, so upset that I find him so hot. He's, in the I know. I was going to, it's so upsetting. I was going to text myself. you guys, but then I just like refrained. I was going to text Me too. you. Me I was going to do it. Something I hate about myself. Is how I react to his body in the fighter. It's yes. <laughs> I was going to text something very similar. It's like I you, hate myself it's, for it's that. It's like it's like you want to look at Mark Wahlberg and say not you, but you just can't help it. Yeah, he's so hot in the fighter. I'm sorry. You just see him in those dickies, Mickey. Oh Jesus Christ! So I, so when he when he's I like, like when he's like raking lot, the Dickie. when he's like raking the asphalt in the very beginning. This is the credit sequence, and then all of a sudden Christian Bale starts like 
punching him, mm. like like trying to start a trying to start a start trying to start a spa. Yeah. And the way that his spa arms are just zooming in Nikki. from the left of the frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a great shot, and yeah. and it's and it's I don't want to say it's disorienting, but I remember watching it thinking. I mean, it was just like homework when it was an Oscar movie. Right. I had to check it. I saw it before the nominations, but I just had to check it off because it, it was building this buzz. It was going to mm-hmm. get nominated. It was going to get nominated for a lot of stuff, and I remembered when that happened that I felt like I was in safe hands. No pun intended. Hmm. Um, back to the Amy Adams of it all. The reason why I don't, I got to stop doing that. The reason why I, mm, let me correct myself. I don't stand by loving the character as much as I did. And it has nothing to do with her. She elevates it. She's amazing in the film. She's fearless. She's funny. Um, I just don't like the way that David O. Russell is leering at her throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. And that like just, when she bends, when she over. bends over, it's disgusting. It's pretty egregious. It's gross. Yeah, it and is. also when she's in bed in, in lingerie. Yes. And I think that's fine. Like oh, yeah. women, women should be allowed to be sexy in movies. News alert. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I just... David O'Reilly, and then you, you think about the way that he looks at her in American Hustle, and there is this ob. Yes. Ob- he's like making her a bit of an object at times, um, and I don't like that. Yeah. Um, but she's fantastic in the film. There's a lack of. Oh, wait, what was. Self awareness in. What's the line that I texted you guys that I like so much from this movie at the end of that great scene with Christian Bale? Oh, I don't remember. She's like, oh, she's like. And if I don't see it before, then go fuck yourself. Yeah. Or something, something like, like that. that. Mm-hmm. She's, I mean, she's, she's great in the film. I she's mean, so good. She's so good. I will, I was going to bring this up with Arrival, but I'll just bring it up now. I texted you guys this too. But I think that she has an uncanny ability as a performer to locate an audience in a place, in, in an environment, in a space, in a region, I guess. I mean, you think about how. Not to get. Not to get. Too, too regional about it. Not to get too regional about it, but Amy Adams is really good at getting regional about it. Amy wow. Adams is the only person who can get too regional about it. She loves getting regional. The way that the way that she situates you in that melancholy of North Carolina that I was talking about, the way that she situates you in the hopes and dreams of this working class. Uh, it's not Boston, actually. It's um, it's the pride of you know Lowell, Lowell, Lowell. Um, oh yeah, and Lol. then and then also LOL. getting into a rival. Here's your cake. <laughs> yeah, the, oh, ruin the surprise. The, oh. the pride of LOL. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing about the fighters that they're the pride of LOL. Um, but she has an ability not just to like elevate the environments of her film, but to situate the audience in them. Mm-hmm. And it's not something every performer can do. And it's not just a matter of accent work, because in Arrival she situates you in this nebulous. Um, I don't mean like aliens from outer space but alien environment where all of your feelings become that swirling sea of subconscious beneath the solar ship solaris Mm -hmm. and tarkovsky solaris like that she's able to position you in that place which is a very obscure intangible place and she gets you there and she does that in these other two films as well and it's like we talk about people you know we talk about like isabelle luper as like actor as auteur Mm -hmm. and i don't think we talk about amy adams in that way but i think that maybe we should yeah when it comes to tone when it comes to region to get pretty regional mm-hmm. about it she has ability her it's ability not just elevating it it's situating her you. body language yeah for each character is pretty oh, astonishing yeah. and it tells a story which what you were saying about just embodying the past of these characters yes yeah. and it's a lot she does a lot of it in body language which is something nicole kidman's really good at too yeah i agree um arrival 
let's move to arrival just because i'm being quiet on the fighter just because like the things i have to say also apply to arrival sure you know yeah so let's move to academy award winning performance in arrival <laughs> um i i was like looking at her stats as i was preparing for this podcast and i don't think i realized before that She's only been nominated for lead actress once One for American Hustle, yeah, which was a bit of a, it wasn't a surprise, but no one was predicting it until mm-hmm. she, I mean she was she, lead in she, American Hustle. Yeah, she wins the Globe, when? and I she get the BAFTA nomination after. I don't someone no, who no, knows no. Oscars better than I do can can chime in on this, but oh no 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 she was she was like kind of on the cut. It was Christian Bale who was a surprise. Yes, and Christian I predicted Bale was that the surprise, and I predicted. But that. then it's like, oh right, they fucking love him. But this is not Christian, the Christian Bale oh. podcast. It was because it was a very big deal. David O. Russell got all, all four. four acting nominations two years in a row. Right, right. Talk about <laughs> Arrival. Huh? Oh. We've arrived. The year we've arrived at Arrival. The year was 2016. <laughs> Did you? So do y'all have very specific memories of when you saw this yeah. movie? Because I can't it came out I shortly after. You know. Well, I can talk about that. Yes. Oh well, I saw it at Toronto. Oh, so you saw it pre. You saw it pre-election. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't pre-Trump, but it was pre I saw Trump it with Matt election. Jacobs. I don't know if he's a friend of the podcast. Matt, a, if you're listening at us. A friend we'd like to have. Um, And I just remember, like, it and the lights come up at the end, and we turn to each other, and we're both just weeping. Love yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it, it fucked me up. I saw it at Sunset 5 before mm-hmm. it turned into the AMC, not to get mm-hmm. too regional. And it was shortly after the election, and it's a Stronger Together movie, so boy, did I weep. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, it is a Stronger Together movie, and that's why I love it. And it's almost a Titanic movie for me. Like, an, I can almost forgive it of the things I don't like because I'm so overwhelmed by what moves me in the, in the film. That's how What I don't am. you like? I Amy do. Adams' CGI Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, to oh, begin with. I don't with. have a problem with that. What the hell accent is he going with? It's because this is the same year that Rogue One comes out. So for me, 2016, 2016 is notable for a lot of terrible reasons, the worst of which doesn't need to be said, but everyone better fucking vote. Register to vote if you're not registered to vote. Vote Democrat. To vote. But vote IMO. We're going to be doing a movies IMO voter drive. We're going to be knocking Ooh. on people's doors and saying, "What's your favorite Amy Adams performance?" Can I say my? Two but the things? other, oh. the other travesty of 2016. Can I sorry, say the other travesty of 2016 was that it was the year of bad Forrest Whitaker accents Ooh. between this and Rogue One. And he's an actor I like. Ghost two, Dog, two, one of my favorite movies. Two things I don't like about Five Star and a Hard Film Arrival: Amy Adams CGI hair. Oh yeah, in the in, sure. the in the clouds mm-hmm. in the fog machine. I think it's wavy and moving. <laughs> <laughs> and the final line of the film, which is unforgivable. Oh, that's the worst part of the whole fucking movie. <laughs> let's, is it, let's make a baby. Let's, let's make, make a baby. baby. It doesn't final line of the film. It upsets me because let's make a baby. Well, I mean, all I need to say is it's the last line of the fucking movie. And I this time around, I almost forgave it. I almost forgave it because I'm thinking... When I say unforgivable, I mean, there are I've forgiven it. it though. It's not like it's the last You're right. moment. You're right. You're right. There are images, and, and, and that's and, why and actually, it is forgivable. Arrival, it's, it is about communication, but it is about opening up your idea of what language might mean. So maybe we shouldn't be, t- be so literal about the last line, mm-hmm. meaning what the movie's trying to say. I but, agree. But, no, I know. I'm just joking. But, I liked the movie. I've I loved know. the movie. Obviously. You're five stars in a heart. I'm five stars in a heart. I'm four and a half heart rewatch. Nice. But I. Nice. 
you know what? I don't want to waste any time talking about why I don't like it. I you wanna, don't want to talk about Jeremy Renner? I want to. Okay, but I actually like Jeremy Renner. Let's talk about how Amy best Adams. actress winner Amy Adams. How in the opening moments of the movie, we see her do her little pincer hands, mm-hmm. and she does little gun Yippee. fingers, uh-huh. and the look on her face is the most. <laughs> I don't even know what emotion it is. It's just transcendent. It's all of the emotions. It's I'm raising my daughter that I already know is going to die. Yes. That's what that emotion is. And yeah. so <laughs> such a singular specific yeah. can't be replicated ever again emotion. <laughs> Amy Adams did it. Academy Award winner. She uh-huh. telegraphed it so pitch perfectly that when I saw it for the first time, I'm like, oh, she's dead. Like <laughs> That yeah. look can only mean one thing. When, but, but later in the movie, when her daughter says, Dad doesn't look at me the same way anymore. The look on Amy's face of just like, how do I explain this? And like trying to just like fully be reassuring without lying to her. I mean, she tells her straight up like something's going to happen to somebody. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be good. An illness. She says someone's going to get sick and it's unstoppable. So, and it's unstoppable. Like I'm Did you guys, how many times have you guys seen this movie? Twice. Four and twice. So I saw it thrice in theaters, including I should. Wow. I saw it twice in its theatrical run. So I, I saw that. it. So I want to, so maybe Brandon and I can sidebar for a second because I want to talk. And you know, you, you can of course speak to this too. I want to talk about the second time seeing this movie because I don't think that's why I loved it so much more, but it's a completely different watch. Yes, it is. The reason why I it had is. trouble with, I didn't even have trouble with it. And I've told you guys off mic and it doesn't, I don't come off in a very good light in this story, but again, it's right after the election. I, right. I'll be honest. I was doing a lot of heavy drinking after the election yeah. and I was, weren't we all? I was getting stoned. Like it was I was not really time I, to be watching movies. No. And I wasn't planning to watch movies that night. And I was just at home. I think I maybe, I don't know what I'd been doing, but I had already been drinking. And my friend Mikey asked me if I wanted to catch like a 10 p.m. arrival at the recliner theater in La Cunada, not to get too regional. And you've told this story on the mic before. Uh, have I? I've I definitely told so. you too. I mean, it's, I'm not going to. You definitely told me. I just. This feel is like not going to be like a. Nice. I'm not going to be talking about clown decals on a hike in Altadena, not to get regional. But so I want to go back to that. So I go. So I go <laughs> to the, not, see the birds stop showing up. So I go to the movie. You see. I go to the movie. We got a little stoned. Um, and then we went into the theater and they sell beer at the theater mm-hmm. and I wanted to get a beer at the theater mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's really cheap there. Mm-hmm. Anybody lives in LA, the lock in, it's a very expensive ticket price, but the beer is very cheap. The only seats available were the very front row. Oh, Jesus. So I'm, so I'm, you were I, in bad I'm circumstances. In a, it, the worst circumstances. And I was still moved. I believe I cried when I saw it, but I was looking, I, I was like looking up at Hope Davis's bookshelf in Snyder New York right. the whole time as the screen. Like I, it was a terrible, terrible yeah. seat. And I was, you know, I was under the influence. So I was moved by it, but... You were a woman under the influence. I was a woman under the influence. And the next day, like, I still remember very specific moments of this movie, but, you know, I, the whole experience was ruined for me right. because yeah. of my own bad decisions. But that was your My own post- coping me- mechanisms mm-hmm. because of our tilt towards fascism, your, your, which has your, only gotten worse. Your post-election not correct mindset view. It honestly... I have one of those. I made some, I made some other really bad decisions, see? too. My version of that is i went to see um certain women like two days or my new favorite movie the day after the election maybe and i nodded off a little bit and i I haven't and i haven't seen the movie since and it's i so i feel like i've never actually seen it because i like saw it in a horrible headspace was exhausted i was trying to avoid like just 
life and like going to see that movie of all it was weird the, i think the first the, movie certain I women saw... gets at trump though like i mean certain women i think oh, does yeah, get yeah, to yeah, the yeah. trump of it all but it was, i saw like it was like a 10 p.m or more more of the hillary of it all mm-hmm. right but anyway, I, so that the, was my post-election. I'm not going to make a th- whole thing out of this. I just think it's interesting, and maybe other people find it interesting. The first two movies I watched after the election, I'll have to double check, but they were Chicken Run oh. and, Moonli- yeah. and Moonlight. Oh, nice. double fuck And yeah. I got a lot of hope out of those two. That mm-hmm. is nice. Love Chicken Run and Moonlight. I saw Opening Night and The Woman Under the Influence at the New Beverly. I think that was the first movie I watched after the election. Post. Yeah, I remember that. And I was so mad watching my favorite movie of all time a woman under the influence which is about people that today would have voted for trump for sure yeah and these June are bug yeah and these are oh, union yeah. people in los angeles who probably have never voted red their entire life and would have voted for trump imo and like realizing that while watching the movie I, I don't want to ever do an episode about this because it's like it doesn't I, I don't spilled it would be it would be so disingenuous to spend any sort of entertainment out of it mm-hmm. but I do think there's an interesting subset of movies that I know Ben and I at least are really into it's but because we like unions it's because we like unions um, I never want to do an episode of this on the podcast for those reasons but movies that we love where the characters definitely would have voted for Trump Mm -hmm. and how that colors our viewing experience now when it Mm -hmm. comes to our relationships with those characters. Yeah. You can do it for the Fahrenheit 11.9 episode. Maybe. Oh, we actually could. We don't have time to watch. We're not doing homework, but we can just like talk. Sure. Let's talk about Arrival though. Great. Mm. Arrival. When she, oh God. When she arrives, (laughs) there are days that change your life like the day they arrived so good that first shot this is not about amy adams but that first shot where you you see the it's that's that's the magic of brad right there brad is so fucking it's so fucking beautiful so i want so brandon just put his finger on the vibrator shaped ship Mm -hmm. yeah the, the egg Brandon just put his two fingers on. Ben, Ben, if you don't stop spilling, sp- hold on. Let me get a rag. Shot some. Shall I play? Shall I play mother? Shall How did I- you spray? Ben water? just spilled his cocktail. Shall I play mother? Shall, shall, shall I play Jean Dealman? Let me get ejaculate? a rag. Let me clean this up. I'm not gonna play Jean Dealman. I'm not gonna do it. You, but, but animal. But Brandon just talked about, or maybe Ben. Did Ben? Did you make the noise? Yes. The bong. I love, we are stronger together at the table. I want to talk about the sound. And when she puts her hand on the top of the thing when they go in for the first time. Oh, yeah. When Jeremy Renner jumps, he's like, whoa. (laughs) It's like what he does in Mission Impossible. And they have a canary in the coal mine. They do. Which is then in in Amy Adams' daughter's uh, illustration. Mom and dad talk to animals. One of my (laughs) Mark Wahlberg talking to animals. Not you. Not you. Not Not you. you, Not you. Talking to the aliens. Not you. (laughs) That's my favorite. Not you. SNL sucks now, but that is my favorite SNL sketch. Mark Wahlberg talks to aliens. Oh, I've never seen that. Abbott Costello. Not you. Mm -hmm. Not you. Oh. Canary in the coal mine. Not you. Bitch. (laughs) Just a big gullible bitch. I think one of my favorite <laughs> Oscar wins of the last five years is... Amy Adams and Arrival? Is, well, I'm sorry. Th- my two favorite Oscar wins of the last five years. Amy Adams' Best Actress for Arrival. Wow. And Best Sound Editing for Arrival. Bah. How great is that? Because what I want to say, you guys both... Was that Arrival's me. one Oscar win? 
Yes. Sure was. Just let me talk about this for a second. No. <laughs> no, but no because How many nominations the sentences was did perfect. It get? You were talking about sound and Brandon was talking about cinematography at the same time and I just wanted mm. to briefly briefly mention the scene when when Amy Adams is on that she's been picked up from home by Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Don't understand what he's saying, but that's okay because we are now on the helicopter with Forrest, with Jeremy, with Amy and somebody else mm-hmm. and it is shot, I mean, it looks like straight out of Solo a Star Wars story. It's classic Bradford Young. Yeah. It's just that Low, dark fluorescence, mm-hmm. um, and, and also, I mean, I don't think in this scene, but then later, the light inside of their helmets creates yeah. this incredible glow. Yeah. But I, so I love the way that it's shot, and I love the sound in that scene where you can't hear what they're saying over the headsets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where you lean closer to the screen to try mm-hmm. and pick it up. And what I like about that synthesis of image and sound is Bradford Young knows that you it's not really that important to see every single thing in 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 the frame and i'm so sorry this isn't actually whoever did the sound editing and and Junebug and Arrival understands Sylvain Belmare when Sylvain Belmare understands and of course still even love to but like understands that we don't need to hear everything right. they're saying i just think that it's a great subversion of what we come to expect from movies which is that you will both see everything and it goes back to the Godfather especially all. studio it, exactly and it, going back to the Godfather and you're going to hear everything mm-hmm. and it cuts into what the movie is saying about time about communication life. language yes language that, that, that you might language. be focusing on the wrong aspects yes yeah. anyway that's all I can't believe Johan Johansson did not get nominated for score he, he was disqualified the, because of the existing music in the beginning and end What's the existing music? It's that, that it's, orchestral. I, I wish that I, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the orchestral the, piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Johan Johansson. Rest that, in that's peace. like that is one of the. It's a great score. I mean, Johan Johansson to me, I scores. really do think should be talked about in the the Heath Ledger echelon of Gone Too Soon, mm-hmm. specifically about what great work they had ahead of them. I mean, it's a tremendous loss, Johan yeah. Johansson. Yeah, that's all. I don't even know what to say about Amy. I feel like I've said everything that she just is so fucking vulnerable in this movie. Um, Never once do I question the first time I watch it that she's a grieving mother the whole time. And And then the second time you watch it, I never question that she isn't a grieving mother. You know what I mean? What I find so skillful about the shifts of this performance is that she becomes a grieving mother two-thirds of the way through. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like she, because well, she knows. When, I mean, when she's point. dreaming in the language, which mm-hmm. of course reminds me of the final shot in Enemy, but mm-hmm. I, I'm so moved by the way that her performance I changes. I need to see Enemy. Oh, it's so It's fun. really good. It's really I good. I, Denis Villeneuve is one of those directors that I basically like everything he's done. And I have to say, our first episode was on Blade Runner 2049 and mm-hmm. none of I'll us were that back. high on it. I, I actually have come to like that movie a lot just wow. in ruminating on it. Wow. But, Wow. Wow. So I wow. I'm just very moved by the by the way that god damn it. Now there's just no way I'm going to be able to sound I'm just moved by Amy. But what I'm I'm let me, moved let me, let me, by let me try, Amy. Let me try. The way that once she you can tell in this subtle register once she hooks into the alien language which is based on a time continuum of past, present, and future coexisting at once. The end is the beginning. Time is a flat circle. Another Synergy New York reference insert here. Mm-hmm. The, way that, the way that her perspective shifts and she's no longer... Her objective changes 
I, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to like. It's so it's so ethereal. Like it's hard for me to actually grasp. I know it. what you're getting at. Um, and and ephemeral too. You but, know what I learned on Amazon you know what when I was hovering at one point in the novella that this is based on. Mm. The story da- of your life. Yeah, the daughter dies in a skiing accident, which is theoretically a preventable exactly accident. I was about to say, which makes it a lot different. That story. Oh, it's interesting. The, accepting that that is how she will die and letting her go skiing. That you see, there's no wow. You see, like a calm, like an acceptance that is also in. You see an enlightenment yeah. come across Amy Adams's face yes, and body. There is and an enlightenment in That's here. what I'm trying to get at. When once she enters that phase of enlightenment, and it's gradual, it's not all at once. Mm-hmm. That to me is the most moving movement god damn it sorry i couldn't think of a better word but it's the most moving movement moving stretch of the performance for me mm-hmm. i mean and that's the scene where i cry when she's in the ship and it clicks yeah that for me is when the waterworks come mm-hmm. mm. Mm. i cry the whole movie mm. basically yeah same second second run was yeah quite i just emotional I I just love it i really don't have much more to say let's mm-hmm. let's so just sort of to sum this thing up uh why don't we all or Ben, Ben, you and I can share a computer. Why don't we look at Amy's credits? Oh. Are we ranking? No, we're not ranking. <laughs> Are we, we ranking? All Thirty. So with, with no, just the Oscar wait, no, no, nominated. actually, no, no, no. Yeah, let's let's do it this way. This is actually this will be orderly and it'll be fun. Daniel, what would you like to do? <laughs> I'm. We're gonna go through every. every she was born in Italy. Yeah. Yes, that's the other thing. Amy Adams was born in Italy, which I don't know why this makes me think of that, but I urge everyone to go to YouTube.com. Oh. YouTube.com can Venmo us thirty five dollars. Nice. Um, Hello, YouTube. <laughs> and you can see Amy Adams' audition tape for Junebug. It's great. It's great. The character's already there. It's great. Let's um, take a look. What I want to do is, is I want, to, and I, will, I swear we can do this quickly. We can do it in five minutes or less. Where are we on time, Brandon? We're 145. Fuck. Okay. I can do this in four minutes or less. I want to go through every year she's nominated. We know she won for Arrival. We don't need to go to those right. nominees. And I want us to, I'm going to read out the nominees and we're all just going to quickly say, okay, let's do it. Who we'd vote for. That's fun. Okay. What, what's happening? Oh, I see. Yeah. Who would so, we vote for? So first year is the do, year. Do we get killed if we don't say Amy? No. 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 Th- th- I'm actually trying to get. I'm probably not going to say Amy. I'm trying. No, this year. is what I'm trying to get at. Like, I want to understand. Oh, why she didn't win. I want to. Kate Blanchett at the end of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> I just want to know. So <laughs> Good movie. So I Crash know. wins Best Picture. The nominees for Best Supporting Actress Ugh. are Fran McDormand in the Union Classic mm. North Country. Michelle Williams for Brokeback Mountain, mm. Catherine Keener for Capote, in which the trailer is on the Junebug DVD. Mm. Good shit. Uh, Amy Adams mm. for Junebug, and the winner is Rachel Weisz, the Constant Gardener. I'll go first. I give it to Michelle Williams. Same. I give it to Amy. Fuck yeah. I give it to Michelle Williams. I give it to Michelle Williams. Um, we don't have to get into our reasoning because yeah. we will talk forever. I just would. I would. I, yeah, I just would. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? I yeah. just would. I give it to Amy. I Jack Nasty. <laughs> That's why I would. <laughs> exactly. Is that what she says? Jack Twist? Jack nasty. I need to see Bark back again. It's been many moons. Oh, All right, guys. So many we're, moons. we're moving on to uh, the year that Slumdog Millionaire wins Best oh. Picture. Oh. Our, our nominees are Taraji P. Henson in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, mm. Viola Davis in Doubt, Marissa oh. Tomei, The Wrestler, Amy Adams in Doubt, and Penelope Cruz for Vicky Cristina Barcelona. I give it to Marissa Tomei for The Wrestler. I give it to Penelope Cruz. But Penelope so, Cruz so, for which so one? Vicky Christina Barcelona. You, you, I've never seen that. Which she won for. It's one of the great reveals when Tilda Swinton opens the envelope and goes, Penelope Cruz. That movie is nothing without her. I agree. 
It's a great win, but I would have. But, but I. But you know that I would have given her best actress for Volver. Yeah, fair. So I don't. I. I can't. I would have. I can't. I can't speak intelligently because I've never seen Vicky Cristina, but I would give it with the performances I have seen to Marissa Tomei. Great, Brandon. Because you know she probably, you know, well, in the bedroom. Well, huge, no, that already happened. Huge Marissa Tomei fan over here. Same. Okay, we are moving on to the year that The King's Speech wins Best Picture. Oh, Yikes. The, the King's The nominees are, <laughs> the, 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 the. the nominees are Helena Bonham Carter for The King's Speech, Jackie Weaver for Animal Kingdom, Haley Steinfeld for True Grit. Amy, Fuck yeah, Amy, baby. Amy, Amy, <laughs> Amy Adams for The Fighter, Melissa Leo for The Fighter. I give it to Melissa Leo in The Fighter. I do. I am happy Melissa Leo won, but in my heart, I would have voted for Amy. I know. Brandon? I'll give it to Melissa. Nice. She worked hard for that. She, she did work hard for that. And she's great in the movie. Uh, she's... The thing about the Melissa Leo performance in The Fighter is just real quick, the way that she manages to balance the inherent camp of the performance mm. with a binding pathos that makes you understand why Mark Wahlberg has trouble yeah. giving her the finger. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. So this is the year that uh, Zero Dark Thirty wins Best Picture. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Amore wins Best Picture. Oh, oops, my bad. Lincoln wins Best No, um, Argo <laughs> wins Best Picture. Good year, IMO. Good, great, great year, IMO. The master won Best Picture. That's correct. It, w- it was it was the uh, first yes. write-in to win Best mm-hmm. Picture. That's correct. Correct. So the nominees for Best Supporting Actress are Sally Field in Lincoln. <gasps> oh, this I know where this is going for me. Helen Hunt in The Sessions, Jackie Weaver in Silver Linings Playbook, Amy Adams in The Master, and Anne Hathaway for Les Mis. I give it to Amy Adams for The Master. This is a stacked lineup, and I would vote for Amy Adams. I would say Amy, except... Um... Sally Field is great in Lincoln. Yes, she is. <sighs> I do. I'm happy gl- that Anne's Anne, great too. Yeah, and I'm happy Anne has an Oscar. And Me I too. But she should have won for Rachel getting married. Her performance of "I Dreamed a Dream" is show stopping. It's, it's just the rest of the performance I don't love as much. But I don't love the movie. Yeah, movie sucks. Okay, so actually, I'll share this. Um, I'm having a hard time. Who do you think? Who are, who are you between? All of them. Wow. Look at the wheels turning. Can I tell a Can I tell an embarrassing story while you? Just yeah, start? I need so, to really think. So I, the year this came out, I was dating the editor of my college newspaper, mm. and he was. Mm. Or no, he wasn't the editor. He wasn't Fuck the editor yet. Yeah. He was the opinions editor, and he needed some op-eds. He'll give you an opinion. So I got to publish an opinion, and I hate Tom Hooper. I love. I actually loved The Damned United, and I think John Adams is great. But I hated The King's Speech, and I hated Les Mis, and I wrote an op-ed about how Les Mis sucked, specifically because it was coming out when. The gulf between the haves and have-nots, have-nots has never been greater in this country. Yeah. Knowing that Tom Hooper is not American and has no business, he doesn't have to comment on mm-hmm. income inequality, but this is true. This is not, this is a global uh, uh, issue. This is not just a national issue. And I wrote it about that, and I'm sure it was bad, and I know it was bad, because I talked about two things in it. I said that it didn't, it didn't talk about its, the, the relevant issues of the day like Argo did with foreign policy. Nice. <laughs> Oh no! Which makes no fucking sense. Nice. So, Brandon, do you have a winner? I give it to Anne. Sorry. Great. Nice. No, no that's good. She'd Anne deserves it. All right. So we are, and of course, she won for Arrival, but in the last. So um, we each gave which performances did we just <clears throat> give Amy? You gave it to. I gave, gave it for two for the master. master. For the master. I said for the master. And. Did, no. did you ultimate? You said it in your heart. Does that mean a vote for the oh, fighter? Oh, and the fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I was going right. to say one. So this is fun. This is so. And Ben's. And so I gave it for Ben. June, but. Ben has in in the alternate Amy Adams history the ah, 
she wins Best Supporting what? Actress oh. in 2011 and 2013. So she kind of has a not a Jodie Foster thing going on, but and maybe a Jodie Foster thing going on. In the Ben Empey universe, she has four Academy Awards already at this point. Well, no, 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 she, no she's well in the arrival. Well, arrival in, is no, 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 no. But in the arrival of it all, it's all happening at the same time. So yeah. yes. So arrival. Wait, no, no, no. We're not there yet. No, we're, we're not, not there, there yet. yet. We're not there yet. Are you talking about Dick Cheney? No, uh-uh. but. Okay, so female performance of in the, the year decade. that Twelve Years a Slave what? wins what Best Picture. And Brandon, this is what we're talking about. Best female performance. Twelve Years of the a Slave wins Best Picture. And the nominees for Best Supporting Actress are Lead Oh Best actress. Excuse See, this is it. This is her only Best Actress nomination. Yeah, this is an easy one for me. So we have Sandra Bullock oh. in Gravity, Meryl Streep in August Osage County, Judy Dench in Philomena, Amy Adams. <laughs> excuse you? <laughs> Philomena. Oh, <laughs> good movie. Uh, Judy, movie. Judy Dench and Philomena. Philomena is a wonderful film uh, un, of unexpected depth. Joyous. It's a joyous <laughs> queer film. And I've talked about no. it. It is a queer film. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. No. But in, in, in the most recent trip movie, in the trip to Spain, mm. one of the funniest recurring bits is the way that Rob Brydon makes fun of Steve Coogan. Oh, about <laughs> Philomena. For getting Philomena. his Oscar nomination because Steve Coogan is constantly just bringing it up in conversation. Mm. Did I also did I talk about the podcast how I had like a cancer scare in the middle of oh. the trip to Spain involving a muscle and a lymph node? Wow. We'll save it for another episode. <laughs> American <laughs> Adams for American Hustle. You're and the, the winner arrival, you're the, the daughter <laughs> in arrival. That's not funny. Oh no. And the winner is Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine. So by the way, this interesting. This is two times Amy Adams has lost out to a Woody Allen directed performance. Not yeah. saying anything. Just is this Kate Blanchett's first win? It's nope. her second win. But it is her only. What first else did she win for? Aid. She for won the for ABA. Howard. She went for Howard the Duck. Howard. I give it to Amy Adams and American Hustle. I do too. Without question. I was going to make a joke and say Philomena, but... Amy Adams is playing I give it 17 characters exactly. at once. I give it to Amy Adams Which is the whole point American of American Hustle. Hustle. Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it. And she yeah, is... Yeah, I would also give it to Amy. Absolutely riveting. The whole so fucking movie. We... And then, you know what? Fuck it. Let, let's look at Best Actress... Um, 2016? Yeah. Emma... Isabel. Wait, no, no, no. Can I just do it the oh, way I've been doing wow. it? Wow, I'm already there. Okay, can I just... Okay, go for I've it. Already... Natalie. So this is the year that Moonlight wins Best Picture, and the nominees for Best Actress in a Leading Role are Ruth Nega for Loving, Natalie Portman for Jackie, Meryl Streep for Florence oh. Foster Fuck Yourself. Florence Foster Fuck uh, Yourself. Florence That's Foster right. Fuck Oh, is it, hold on. When she... Oh on on the day of my record-breaking 20th nomination, I don't remember what she was responding to, but someone talked shit about her, and she was like, on this, the day of my record-breaking 20th oh, nomination. Oh, I have done battle every day <laughs> of my life. Yes. Queen. Isabelle Huppert, queen in the motion picture L, and your winner is Emma Stone for La La Land. I This is big for me. I give it to Amy Adams in Arrival. Same. Because I would have given it to Isabelle Huppert for Story of Women. I don't have to play by Academy rules if this is the only time right. she's getting nominated. This is just because Isabel's like top we're talking three about me. full fantasy. Ex- exactly. Oh, I give it to Amy Adams for but Arrival, but, but Isabel, Isabel is wait, second hold on. piano hold teacher. On. That's she won her second in my. She won her third actually because she wins for La Ceremony. Nice. Um, but there's there's another Annette Benning sized mm. elephant in the room, and you know what? I do give it to Annette Benning for okay. 20th Century Women. I do. I do. Over Amy. Uh, over Amy. I would. Because in my in my brain, oh, I would too. Amy has two already in my brain. Yeah, I would too if that was the case. But you know, no, I give it to Amy, and I and I love that, and I love that. I mean, Isabel has always been my pick in this category. Isabel, but keep in, I mean, Natalie Portman is on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Because I've never said that. 
Okay. I feel good about this. I feel great. Let's go home. I love you boys so much. This has been another episode of Movies IMO. Thank you for listening. We're thrilled to be here. We're thrilled that you're here. Uh, next week, Ben and I are talking about the Beyonce concert and Michael Morris Fahrenheit 11.9. America's <laughs> two greatest artists. And, and allegedly, Jay-Z is going to be at this show, too. Yeah, so I God. So that's what we're talking about next week. Brandon will be deep in production, season three of his web series, I'm Fine. Bye. Now streaming on Deku, seasons one and two. Brandon will be yelling, cut, <laughs> cut. Okay, action. Okay, we got it. Okay, that's some internalized chame right there. Wow. I love internal. Call me by my shame. That's a little bit of Ingmar Bergman's shame right wow. there. Mm. Um, what about what about Steve McQueen's shame? Mm. Mm. Well, that actually has like gay shame in it. A lot of gay shame, or or even in- okay. I'm not. That's a dumb joke. Mm. Um, do I? My name's Daniel Crook. You can find me <laughs> on the internet. Do I? What is my name? Yeah, I'm on the internet. What? I can be found. So I'm easily trackable. At Daniel Crook with three O's. And I think, should we quickly go look at the nominees in 2002 to see if Amy Adams gets a nomination for Catch like, Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Can. I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm just being a cut up. Cash me if you can. Cash me outside. Okay. Cash me outside if you can. Um, I'm Brandon Kirby. And who's going to rate us anything lower than five stars on I'll the get, iTunes I'll get to store? That. I'll get to that. Not you. <laughs> That was not the right accent, but you know what? Not you, not you, and not you. (laughs) Not you. Who's buying the Anchor Steam next week? Not me. (laughs) Not you. We have like 12 bottles of Anchor Steam in this apartment now. Oh, so we didn't need to buy it today? No, we'd have even more if they would just fucking give us some for free. Who was was right about that call? Not you, pointing at myself. Not you. (laughs) Not you. Not me. And you yeah. brought some to my home the other day. It's like, <laughs> like not even. It's like Mark, Mark Wahlberg is like, not you, Brandon, not me, Mark. Yes, you, Ben. And like he switches into a little Victorian <laughs> swishy accent when it comes to who knew if there was wow. beer in the fridge. Wow. Wow. Benjamin. My name is Ben MP. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. You can find Movies IMO on Twitter at Movies IMO. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and you know a spread of other ones. Please rate us a, a, a nice, <laughs> oh. healthy spread across a nice slice mm. of toast. Oh, I want some toast. A nice slice oh. of toast. I'm out of Are bread. Are you going to have unbuttered home. toast after this, Ben? No. The, the other night, I, after we were, this after the last time we recorded, I went home, I made some toast, and I had a glass of gin on the rocks, and I, and I thought, is like this my persona moment with Ben? <laughs> have, have we melted <laughs> into one? you become me. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, please rate us five stars and review us um, positively, if, if you wish. I think Mrs. that would be Vogler. nice. Said, get out of here. Mrs. Vogler. What's that? That's Persona. Oh. I'm doing the half face now. Oh. Mrs. Vogler. Um, yeah, that would just be really wonderful. It helps us. We've never said this. I've been listening to too many podcasts the past week. It really helps us um, gain more listeners if you give us five stars and write yeah. a nice review. Oh, um, oh you know what? That's Actually, nice um, we do have a review. That we forgot to read last time. Oh. oh. Do we have time to read yeah. it real quick? Do we have time? Where yeah. do we have to be? So this is Bed. from this is from our listener. <laughs> I'm going to watch a film. What are you watching, Benjamin? I might watch Carrie after this. But I might watch oh, yeah. Journey to Italy starting Isabella Rossellini. Isabella Rossellini. And that's what Ellen DeGeneres used to do on her show. What's um, her other Sally Fields? Just Coal Miner's Daughter? 
Shit. You mean Sissy Spacek? Okay, it's not the, the reviews are not loading on my phone. <laughs> I literally also Googled Sally Field. The reviews my, are not loading on my, my phone, mind. but I know we'll that, read it next week. I know that it's from our listener Hope, who we love, mm. and we will read it next week. <laughs> and thank you, Hope. Thank you so much. We'll read it next week. And we are looking forward to Amy Adams' first Oscar. And if, we'll, we'll, you know what? This is truly a to be continued moment. We talk about, or I talk about, or we all talk about, like doing a continuation of episodes. Like we'll do another Twin Peaks episode. We'll do another Ladybird episode. We will do another Amy Adams episode because Vice is coming out yeah. this fall. Is that officially the title? It is right now. Okay. Dick. Nice. There has already been a movie called. Don't Dick. be thick in front of me, Dick. <laughs> That's the ending. Bye. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.